week 15, we're closing the book. I'm R.J. Bell. Got a full house here. The regular crew, A.J. Hoffman to my right, Steve Fezzik. Oh, for the Fezzik haters, you're going to enjoy this in a second. <laughs> Scott Seidenberg, I'm R.J. Bell. Fez goes 3-2 and two in, this, in his quest for the million, and he's got a sour puss. Is that true, AJ? It is. Explain. Well, from a pure equity perspective. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, no. Go ahead. <laughs> going three and two, while it makes it more likely I'm going to finish in the top ten, it makes it less likely I'm going to win at all. Okay. But winning it all is a long shot even from last week, let's say. From that point on, your odds of winning it all were – let's say that you there was no difference in handicapping. It was just – do a simulation, random picks. What were you, what were your odds? I'd say I'm ten percent. Yeah, I was gonna say like eight to one. All right, so yeah, all right. So you're not gonna do that. So now the question becomes, or most of the time you're not. Doesn't guaranteeing like you know a two hundred thousand dollar payout, let's say, not guarantee, but taking a solid step towards that, have a lot of meaning too. Not really, because I could have. If I think the reason I'm kicking myself is I took a good number on a team, the Giants, mm-hmm. and lost. And I'm saying four and one was in my sights because now that I see. Now you know, what, if I would have just played either the Bills or Detroit, liked them both, didn't want to. Um, I could have. I could. Well, you would have had to play early for Detroit. Um, yes. So well, I, no, well, no, not really, because it was the late game on Saturday. So no, I didn't. Oh, that's. I could. I could have played. I could have played it right at the 4 p.m. deadline. And the reason I didn't play it is like I said, I can just bet it minus four and a half. The contest line was minus four and a half. And so what I did is I shotgunned it on all my other entries. I played it on my Westgate, which I'm in the money in the Westgate. So I just I, I jammed minus four on every one of my Westgate entries, and I played it minus four and a half on some of my other circa entries. And I bet it myself, but I said. You know what? I'm just not getting the help I, I, I want. I want ideally I want a game that I like and I can get help with. And Buffalo, I didn't play because I could lay one. But and how half many? At the time. How many games do you like? In a, yeah. I mean, like you don't like, but three sides. I mean, exactly. It's very rare. So but how are you going to get both then? It, it, it's it. Well, there there were when there's games lined around the three. There were there were a lot of games that were like no brainers. Like the Titans minus two and a half was a game that was a no brainer this week. I, I would argue. That more than half of the top twenty played it. I would say this is it was one of the three or so games this year with the biggest discrepancy in the line. I'd say yes, and it wasn't obvious because it was around three, but it was like if I recall, like thirty cents. You're laying of- two and a half, and the line's three point two five exactly. So Fez, you said something like with the if you could play four and a half, the number was four, and I get like four is not a key number, but a semi key number. From one and a half to two, is that a big is that an, a big deal? Like, if you like a pick, is that enough to keep you off of it? I'm always reluctant to make a play when I can just go and because I'm making an implicit bet. It's like sure. when I put when I when I take my little fat thumb and and hit Buffalo minus two, I may it may as well say you're betting thirty thousand on Buffalo minus two. And my take, and I get it. I have to make Given five bets. Given the situation bets. you're in with the millions now, not yes, typically. Okay. But I'm forced to make five thirty thousand dollar bets. That's the quirky part of yeah. all this. But I'm like. And and it just turned out I'd already bet big on Buffalo minus one twenty, which is essentially like minus you know better than minus one and a half. And so now I'm like, do I really want to bet another thirty thousand after I already bet ten thousand on Buffalo at the opener? And I was like, I'll do it, sure. Boy, it seems like that what you bet at the opener 
really is affecting you now? Because you said the same thing about another game yeah, last and, week. And, and in fact, maybe you should quit all your betting. I mean, I'm <laughs> that's serious. a good that's a good point. The, 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 and you know, maybe, maybe I should bet less. Certainly, and the good news is I took today off, so I didn't bet anything against the openers here. Well, I'm happy you did yes. because I, I I think trying to I mean, here's what I know: when you make a mistake on something like this, or not even a mistake, but uh, you just pick the wrong way when you have a choice. It, you can start to then feed upon itself. Yes, and ultimately, I got to tell you, the, the biggest problem I had with the Giants is that Circa had the biggest limits, and boom, I saw that Circa went down to four and a half on the Giants game, and it was like, ooh, all the way to four. And you were and getting half, six, and I was getting six. And the sharpest book in Nevada has it not at five, not at five. Now they got it at four and a half. That ultimately swayed me, um, you know, to go ahead and play that. You know, I, that's interesting because I, I think the Giants were a viable. I mean, it certainly was a consideration of mine in the gold, but but I guess those big you know, again, what's the point of second guessing? But those crazy YPP numbers, how negative they've sure. been. Uh, I think noteworthy. But um, well, how's uh, Scott? How's the Devito? It seems like there's been a. a a drop in DeVito love. Yeah, it was not the similar performance that we saw last week when he had the game of his life. Um, and it's against a Saints team that is extremely beatable, and the offense could not get going, and they couldn't get out of their own way. I mean, Saquon Barkley didn't help, and so, you know, Tommy DeVito, you know, guess turned back into a pumpkin. Uh, there, it, for DeVito fans, there's been a cancellation. He will not be signing autographs at the sub shopper where he's been signing it this week that's been discontinued is that true yeah i saw it on twitter is that because he's gotten so big or he's depressed about his performance i don't have reasons you know what's funny he lost you an implicit win because he didn't win that at least cover that game is more i think than he's making this season as a quarterback for the giants it shows how vulnerable some of these <laughs> low-paid athletes can be to corruption in the sports betting industry how much does a guy i mean what is that i think now it's I think it's six, seven hundred thousand is the minimum. Yeah. I think. What is the league minimum? Uh, no, it's not, not the veteran minimum. He, he, well, so he's on a t- uh, his base salary seven hundred fifty k. So if you win the millions, Faz, you you're going to take them. Sure. <laughs> That's I make more than Tommy DeVito. <laughs> All right. So let's do this. Let's give. And this is kind of a impromptu thing here, but I want to have the one takeaway of the week from each person. And Fez, if you want to start, it, it doesn't, in fact, it shouldn't be the, if you want it to be, it can, but it can't be, or shouldn't be the faulty final of the week. I want to see, what was your takeaway? The, the Bears really are good, and that was a, I mean, I don't know. I just want you to kind of give me a, a big takeaway. I'll shake up in the NFC. San Fran really separated. So there was the talk about, you know, you got the Eagles, more so Dallas, and San Fran, oh, they're the best team, but I don't think people like just penciled them in as a lock to be going to the Super Bowl. But now well, I, they're not a lock. Now they're not a lock. But now the discussion is just, hey, is it going to be Dallas, Philly, or Detroit to be the you know to face them in the NFC title game? Is kind of where the narrative has gone. I think that's a good point. Um, what did you? Well, let's start with this game. What did you think of the Eagles game tonight? What was your takeaway on Monday Night Football? It was a faulty final. The Eagles absolutely should have won. But let's face, they're facing Drew Locke. They you know they should have dominated the game. And I think they just didn't play. 
uh, it was weird. It, it just they didn't put their foot on on Seattle's throat when they had them down. They, like, the Eagles were up seven in the second half, and they let just Seattle kind of hang around. They weren't aggressive enough, in my opinion. They still should have won because ultimately Seattle gets the ball back. Seattle's down three with a minute ten to play, and they have to go the length of the field. But you know what? When these NFL teams, even even when the defenses have had the, their way. You get to the end of the game when the defense is tired. This happens again and again, and it happened tonight. Now, I really am starting to question the Eagles. I mean, obviously, they're not the team they seem like they were weeks ago. That That's no revelation. Mm-hmm. But I, I did a little um, mathematics here. I dusted out off the abacus, and I said, all right, get, I want to see what the, the average margin of victory is. Okay, and then I'm going to scale it down or up based upon the normal, let's say, standard deviation that I want on power rating type numbers, which I usually go with a like uh, um, standard dev of like three and a half or four. And as the season progresses, the it goes up because you can be more confident in teams, and that's the range increases. And I think it does in your power ratings, right? Sure. I mean, in week one, it might be what. Minus six plus six, mm-hmm. right? And it might now be what nines on each side, even in extreme case. So really, you go from a twelve point range to upwards of an eight, eighteen point range. Sure. And then by the end of the year, you're at a twenty point range, typically, right? I, yeah. The I guess the only like situation is you get when you get a quarterback change. Like mm-hmm. who the heck knows how good the Chargers are right now? That's a very difficult team. You know, my confidence going to be somewhere in, on the bottom of the list. I yes. Think. Yes. All right. So. I adjusted for that, and then I made two more adjustments. I adjusted for strength of schedule, just took the points on or off as appropriate. And then this is kind of clever, I think. I adjusted for extra home games. Mm, So some teams are equal home games, right, because we're at an even – well, I guess it's week 15, but with one bye, yeah, so it's seven and seven for some. But others are eight and six. Yeah. And if you consider it to go – Two of those is worth, in theory, um, three and a half. I'm using three and a half as home field, uh, as the flip for home field, mm-hmm. so 1.75. So, you know, it literally means a quarter point on the season um, number if you have two games, uh, if you're in a minus two situation. Okay, and then that's what I got for the adjusted power ratings. Right, here they are, 49ers at 10.1. All right, Fez, let's compare these. What do you got? 10. You're, I think you're a little low. Uh, Ray, Raven, 7.4. 7. All right. And, and they're second for you? Yes. Cowboys, 6.6. 6. 6.5. They're third. All right. Bills, 5.9. 6.5. Ooh, okay. Uh, but the right, the same order so far? Uh, I got Bills tied for fourth, yeah. All right. Dolphins, 4.8. 6. All right. You're a little high. Eagles, 3.6. 4. Oh, I, I had 4.5 before tonight, so that'll, that'll come down. Okay. So it's the same area. So Probably I, a four. And then here's what's fascinating. I, I, I'm not going to read these all, but the Eagles at number six for me, all the way down to the Cardinals at number 28, are between a three and a half and a minus three and a half. So we got, what is it? So there's one, two, three, four, five teams above it. One, two, three, four below it. So there's nine teams that aren't in this corridor of a touchdown. So, I mean, this is uh, – well, I guess there's a couple of things. One, it feels like the middle is fat this year than usual. But number two, 
I would make the case the Eagles are right on the cusp of being in that fat middle more than being an elite team. What do you have Kansas City? Uh, oh, that's interesting. If you actually look at their uh, – let me see here. Chiefs, Chiefs. Oh, they're, they're, at, um, they're the next. They're number seven at 3.5. That feel right to you to have the Eagles above KC, though? <sighs> yeah. I think you talk about teams who have kind of seen the, the bloom fall off. Kansas City's in the same group. Like I, they, they won and covered, and I couldn't have been less impressed with Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. I mean, New England's – I mean, again, the defense did pretty well for New England. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of impressed by Casey. I thought they were put work. They 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 ground out a workman like thirteen point win that turned into a ten point win when they didn't kick the meaningless field goal. But when they're but when I mean that's a good point. But when you are off of losses and and you're questioning how good this team is, you don't want a workman like. I mean, you you it's almost like you're six three and two. It's your sixty percent. Like you're saying, hey, workman like. But I'm saying you wanted to make a statement, right? No, I think it's a great point because the Kansas City's chances of winning, of making a, a good playoff run, went up with the win, but they their chance of winning the Super Bowl went down. Because just because looking at them, it, it, it was yet another game that wasn't Super Bowl level. Yes, but the win, I, any win's going to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I mean, if you think about it, hmm, that's an interesting point. I, I think the difference between Philadelphia and Kansas City and why the numbers maybe don't show a difference, but maybe your narrative thinking does. And obviously, you're a numbers guy too, but we're all. A slave to our our brain trying to understand the story, right? That's what we were millions of years of evolution was we tell stories as humans. That's just what we do. Um, Patrick Mahomes, you no matter how they play, you can always say, Well, you got Mahomes, come playoffs, who knows? Hertz isn't respected like that yet. And maybe he'll never be he might never be. But so you look at Philly and think, ah. Oh, Average performance, hmm, they're maybe a little above average. You look at Kansas City, average performance, but they got Mahomes. Yeah. Right? So the numbers say they're pretty much even. I mean, it's kind of weird that they're a tenth of a point apart with pure math. And, again, this is very simplistic And, and the math. Eagles' pure math isn't – like their YPP and the like isn't good at all. No. I mean, well, let's uh, – I mean, let's see what you're seeing. I, I got the YPP at um, plus a hundredth – a hundredth of a point. So At least it's, it's plus. It's zero. Yeah. Yeah. So that means they're what? Number 16? But Kansas City's isn't very impressive either. And when is it that they're plus uh, um, 0.24, so a quarter yard, which is decent. Because These all, are yards those, we're talking. all those Patriot marginal teams that won the Super Bowl, you know, we always talk about how they were like plus 0.6. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, boy, that's really weak for a Super Bowl team. And here these two teams aren't even sniffing that. I agree. And then if you look, I mean, let's just look at net YPP. for. So we're looking at net for a second. There's only three teams that are dominant, right? 49ers at 1.9 yards per play edge every time they snap offense and defense. The Ravens, 1.4. And then the team that has really, um, or I'm sorry, and then the last one, the Dolphins. Got to be Miami, yeah, but the dynamic one, place. 1.9. So it's really 49ers, 1.94, 1.9 for the Dolphins, 1.4 for the Ravens. And the next one is .76, the Chiefs. So um, the Chiefs aren't bad. Let me think about it. So that's the net. 
is the Chiefs. You know, I actually was had the Rams. I, I had well, I had the you know I haven't updated them for this week, but I had KC like only a half yard better. Okay, let me see. Yeah, so I get well. I got point seven six, so I got um, five point six. Maybe they've just improved the last two. Yeah, weeks. I got five point six in yards per play and defense four point eight eight. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But um, but what we know is there's three teams: 49ers, Ravens, and the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a question mark because it seems like there are stats. They're be- bullies. They, they 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 put the seventy burger on you know Denver. Obviously, that that's going to go a long way. Yeah, but. Uh, you know what they keep saying, man, with the Pythagorean and all that, is it doesn't matter if it's the 50th point or whatever, mm-hmm. it still counts in the projections the same. And any effort to try to cap that always has less predictive results sure. after. So does anyone – do you – AJ, who's your top three teams? I'll ask Scott the same question. San Francisco, Baltimore, Buffalo. Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo, and Dallas are probably tied for me. But yeah, I, that's kind of funny after this most recent yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got Dallas, Casey, and Buffalo all there together, and Miami. Frankly, you guys are just drinking the Cowboys Kool Aid. I am I, not I, sold on the Cowboys whatsoever. I agree. I actually. think this week showed us exactly who the Cowboys they are, who we thought they were. Who's your They're, top three? The 49ers, the Ravens, and the Dolphins at home. <laughs> oh, you're just drinking that home cooking from Miami. <laughs> I mean, the Dolphins are, are the AFC Cowboys. They just lost to ten- they just lost to Tennessee at home. But it's it's the Cowboys. They beat up on bad teams, and then when they face elite teams, they crumble. The 49ers abused them. The Bills absolutely abused them this week. And you know what's going to happen? The Cowboys are going to be the five seed. They're going to beat the four seed Tampa Bay Bucks in the divisional in the wild card round, and then they get blown out by the 49ers in the divisional round. Well, we talked about this extensively how if there's a few teams that the power ratings you need two power ratings like and and you could argue Baltimore as well that you know regular season power rating Miami Baltimore you know um Dallas you know better than playoffs possibly probably hmm so so what you're saying is because in the NBA we have the different power ratings because teams play with varied intensity in the regular season why in the playoffs? Well, the obvious uh, in the NFL. The obvious NFC bully is Dallas, right? They, yeah, okay. they beat up on teams, and that goes. And so we have to have a high power rating when they play at Carolina. We got to make them a fourteen point favorite, and the AFC Miami same thing. Uh, but but the the rationale of the difference in power rating is your ability versus other elite teams. Yes. Okay. I think that's interesting. I think that is interesting because Miami's now they they have one win over a team that's five hundred, and that's Denver. They don't have a team. They don't have a win over a team that's above five hundred. I mean, where do you think Miami is? Twelfth, fourth? No, not that. Not that. Well, I want to know. I want to know. Sixth, seventh, seventh. So who's your? I want you to silently tell us after you're done with your calculations who those six teams are ahead of them are. I want to hear this list, Uh, and we'll see what the line would be as you think. And remember, there's only eight teams that can legitimately win the Super Bowl this year. Yes, right now. And who who would those eight be? Uh, Detroit would be the one marginal. Detroit and Philly would be the marginal ones, mm-hmm. and then you know Miami, Buffalo, KC, Dallas, Baltimore, San Fran. Miami, Buffalo, KC, Dallas, Baltimore, San Fran. Um, all right. So my first thought is this: Are we sh- this loss by the Cowboys, and then Philly looking so bad now for a couple weeks makes me question Dallas a lot? Because really, if we set aside Philly for a second. Understanding right now, 
at you know at the end of this gauntlet of amazing teams that they've played. And Seattle isn't amazing, but it's a Monday night game, right? It's high intensity. You got Hertz has the flu or whatever he had. Did they ever say what the illness was? No, they just that, that just kept just, just kept running at each like got a ton of rush yards. Yeah, but, but uh, it's, couldn't have been that but serious. He, he had to fly in on a separate plane. Cause yeah, they didn't want to get the team sick. That's what I heard. So, um, to me. If it's if if Philly's not very good, and we got to give Philly the following credit, they have had maybe the toughest run I've ever seen. Have you seen a six week run like um, that? I mean, the competition level. You brought up the good point that they had a bye. That's the only good part of it. Yeah, at the front of it, uh, I've never seen a strength of schedule adjustment this big. Right now, on the schedule played for Philly, it's a two point seven point adjustment. I've never seen that before. This, this that, Dallas, Casey, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas, and now Seattle on Monday night. Yeah. The Saints, who have had a crazy bad, easy schedule, they're minus 2.5. So we're saying those two teams, you have to make a five over a five-point adjustment to say they're now on even footing. That's crazy. That's like a, almost a touchdown adjustment between two teams just to say their schedules now are even. Mm-hmm. All right, who's your list? One, San Francisco, two, Baltimore, three, Buffalo, four, Dallas, five, Kansas City, six, Miami. Oh, yeah. So you got them. No, you said seven, didn't you? So I you, said six or seven. Oh, okay, okay. All right. I think that's reasonable. I mean, I don't agree with it, but I don't think it's crazy, right? Um, so what is Dallas's best win if we set aside Philly for The Rams when Matt Stafford got hurt in the middle of the game. Okay, and – I mean, they were blowing them out already. Because the Chargers was a nice win, but now in hindsight, not so much. I mean, I don't know how – I mean, remember, what was the expectation of Dallas coming in? They weren't – they were down. They were the one team amongst the the top eight, let's say, that seemed to go down in the offseason. That – I mean, we're kind of forgetting that now. That was the perception because the theory was they didn't sign anyone. You know, we didn't know the – Gilmore was going to turn out, yep. which he has turned out pretty well. Um, obviously, what? Who else is playing well for them? They got to. Well, mean, remember there was a question about if Pollard was going to be able to be like a, a yeah, bell cow back. Yeah, it's a good point because you talked about the year before the Timber moment where Dallas got favored over Philly to mm-hmm. win the division, or vice versa. Uh, no, it's, I th- it wasn't. Yeah, vice versa. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That's that's right. But but I think they were ten. Last year, and they're nine and a half for the season win this year, which, like, looking back, and that's a low season win. That's like a Charger season win. I mean, number. they're right on the cusp with that fat middle of, yeah. of a between eight, you know, between yeah. eight and nine and a half. So, which is basically contender to versus non contender. So, go ahead. No, I, I, that's why I think makes that the Dallas Miami matchup so interesting this weekend is, I mean, if you, again, if you stack their best wins, it's. Miami's is the Denver Broncos and Dallas's is the LA Rams with a well, no, no, quarterback. No. If you stack the best wins against good teams. Yeah. Well, right? that's, make... a, that's a t- totally different thing, right? Is if you beat, uh, when was Miami's win against Denver good? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's, when you hit score 70, it's a good win. But I'm saying that's the best team they've beat also. Well, no, no. I understand that you don't aren't impressed with the strength of victory of Miami. I tend to agree with you. Someone's going to have to beat a good team this week. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, loser maybe must or, leave may, town. or is are, are we going to say the loser of that or the winner of that didn't beat a good team because now no. Dallas has lost, you know, been blown out twice. You know, I don't know. I I'll say this: I have so much more faith in Miami than I do Dallas. 
I, I feel like the thing we're forgetting is this defense is now what? The Miami defense is top 10? Hmm. I think they're in that range. I mean, hey, let's just pick, um, go from when Ramsey got. I mean, obviously that's a clear delineator when your best defender comes back. And, right. and that's impressive that in, on a windy day their offense still was fine without you know the cheetah for most of it. I mean, that's yeah, you know, the cheetah or out. Yeah, yeah. Out, yeah, yeah. And then um, and Waddle was banged up, and, but he had a great game. Yeah. It, so. I think in general, remember Miami went up and played a pretty good game end of the season in Buffalo last year. I don't think they're as sensitive to the weather as we think. I think they're you know somewhat sensitive to it. But so who would you? I mean, well, so Dallas and Miami is this week. Is that right? Yeah. What what line are you saying? Uh, Miami's favored by one and a half in Miami. Yep. So that's saying these are even teams. Yeah, I have Dallas the slightly better team. Ooh. But only by a half point. So if I give if I give Miami for two, I haven't checked the wave whether it's going to be warm or not. Maybe it doesn't matter with Dallas being in Texas. But um, the uh, if it's a hot, it's not going to be a hot day though. Yeah. Um, here's why I'm even more skeptical with Dallas because their blowouts weren't from super efficient offense. Hmm. Their blowouts oftentimes were interception returns, fumble returns, the things that are pretty much pure luck. Though again, that rookie of theirs is pretty good. Return. And they've been really good at home. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. And this game's in Miami. Yeah, I boy, I actually don't get that line. It, it, are we sure the cheetah's back? I believe so. I mean, he was a game time decision. Like they said, the medical staffs cleared him. We're leaving it up to him whether he wants to push it or not. He didn't play. He didn't play. Yeah, well, good, against well, the Jets. Yeah, but wanting to go for 2,000 yards, you think he would have limped out there. He'd probably still get it. Hmm. Uh, since Ramsey returned, the Dolphins are 5-2, and two, allowing an average of 15 points per game. Uh, that, 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 that number's strong for sure. Hmm. Now the question is— what we, I'm looking up EPA per play right now. What about DVOA? That's your favorite. Uh, it's, it's hard to do now. Like on the new Oh, because you actually hard. have to subscribe. No, I am subscribed, but oh, it's, right. it's hard to uh, to do it like since this week in oh, okay, okay. since they switched the sites. But the uh, Dolphins are number two in uh, EPA per play on defense since Jeez. Ramsey came back. Wow! So if if, <laughs> if that offense has, hmm, Faz, I think I might maybe I should get down on this Miami. I actually like it a good bit. Do hmm. we know they're going to win the division? No, in fact, they need this win. That's the no, no. I meant get down this week. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm not anxious to play them um, for, to win the Super Bowl. Um, I think Baltimore is a lot. I, yeah. I, full disclosure, I said I, I didn't bet, but I lied. I did bet Miami minus one. I'm like, they got to be favored. I thought you just said you like Dallas. No, I said Dallas was a half point better in my power rating. I never said it like Dallas. Oh boy, this is like you have to. Yeah, it's you, crippling. You had, to, you had to somehow get him. You had to somehow get him on the stand or something here. <laughs> Put your hand on the Bible. All right, so I was going to try to tempt you into a bet. Thought you won Dallas. No, I, I already bet Miami. I, I, my gut says Miami wins. Yeah, I think it's more in a gut. I, I actually like Miami a good bit more. I think about it. Because if you told me that that defense is going to be the second best defense in the league. And again, it's partial season, but okay. Mm. I mean, what's the worst you could say? The so what's the worst that defense could be? Eighth? Yeah. Let's say they're eighth. All right. What's the worst that offense can be? I'm trying to think Third? who's better. Huh? The worst? Yeah. Third? Yeah. 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 San Fran has a better offense, and and I'd say Miami's the second best yeah. offense. Yeah. But they could be fourth or fifth. Meaning, yeah. if we got really negative. Now, what you do that for any other team? No one's in. in no one's close. 
to to the, those the lowness of those numbers, saying the you know the, at worst the fourth best offense and Niners. The, Niners are really good. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. So, but then after that, what? The Ravens. Yeah, Yeah. except I think the Ravens. Their defense is that good. You bring up. Oh, it is that good. I take that back. You bring up a good point. Maybe so, yeah. No, no, no. Not his point is good, but it's going to lead to my good point, (laughs) which is. So they'll both be good. I've never seen. I got to be honest with you. I used to think a lot of people were stupid when I was like 10. Right. I was like, why is these people so stupid? I grew up in a coal mining town, so a lot of them probably were right. Not super educated. OK. I always thought the adults weren't so dumb. Right. But then you become an adult and it's like, you know, there's a lot of dumb adults. Right. I thought people who vote for the MVP, you could say kind of no sports, you'd think. Right. If they've been given mm-hmm. a vote for the MVP. Well, what we know in the NBA was the vote for the MP- MVP was one of the most illogical things we've ever seen. We detailed it on SOVAM. It was like showing the line movements. I mean, no sense, no rhyme or reason. It was about uh, the. It was political. It was really a political. Oh, I think vote. it made a lot of sense. How so? If I'm voting for the MVP, I'm not going to be labeled as like anything but like a fair-minded. Person that um, so I'm, so the way to be fair minded is vote in an unfair with an unfair mind exactly uh, but that, that sounds it's very what's in my best interest that, that sounds very Orwellian to me I don't want to lose my job over voting for someone that is politically incorrect but but that was the thing there was no thought at all that the Joker was did anything wrong so how was he politically incorrect. I just it depends which way the political winds blow. <laughs> well, if anything, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just uh, I'll use this word again: craven opportunism, not stupidity. But I felt like that was a depressing vote. Mm-hmm. Not. I listen. I, I like Embiid as a player. I think, it, in fact, he probably doesn't get enough credit with his health has been a lot better than it was expected to be. I mean, he went what third in that draft. He was clearly the most talented guy. It was like no one knew if he could play, you know, health-wise. He's been pretty durable. I, I don't mind. But the idea that that Jokic wasn't the best player last year seems kind of absurd. Right? Okay, that happened. Now, this Lamar situation, I've never seen. The following was said on The Ringer. Uh, I think her name's Nora Princiati, I think. I, I think so. That's right. Um she said the following, Lamar was like a superhero. And this is not verbatim. This is a, a general reenactment. Lamar was like a superhero out there. No one could bring him down. I know he got sacked four times, but at the same time, no one could bring him down. Other than the four guys. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we've gone to the point where like you can contradict. I mean, listen. When you talk long enough on air, you're going to say something. It doesn't make a ton. But you can see where the sentiment is, attempting to glorify everything he does. And I, I, I keep telling, I keep asking, when has there ever been an MVP performance that we're in week 15 that people are saying, you know, soon enough he's going to come around. That was a new offense. <laughs> okay, great. But how would that be the MVP? It does not make sense. He's 15th in passing yards. He's 17th in passing touchdowns. And 
he only has five rushing touchdowns this year. I don't understand how he's the second favorite. I mean, to be the MVP with I mean, makes no sense. Lamar didn't have a bad game by any stretch, but it wasn't like an MVP game. Lamar's like I mean, the fifth or sixth best quarterback, which is a step up to me. I think that's awesome. That's not the MVP. He's just the best player on the best team in the AFC. That's the that, criteria. But that Brock Purdy was the best player two weeks ago on the best team in the NFC. That's why he, he should win. But we were betting him at eighteen to one when we did. That's that's we were smart. Yeah. Brock, Purdy, Brock Purdy's now minus two hundred. Yeah, I know. And but I I don't I think they should give him the award right now. Well, not really, but I got a bet on it. But what I'm saying is the idea they're saying, you know, you know who plays this week, obviously. San Francisco and, and Baltimore. So, so if somehow Lamar wins, he's going to be the MVP favorite. It makes yes. no sense. It makes it, no I, sense. I tell you this: if it's more than a hundred cents, I think if if Lamar wins this game, I think he'll be plus two hundred, and Purdy would be plus uh, one sixty. So That's right, what I predict. Right now, Brock Purdy minus two hundred, Lamar Jackson plus four fifty, second favorite. Yeah. If Baltimore wins by fourteen, it will flip favorites. If they win by three, then I agree with your numbers. So you're saying that's that is pessimistic to Lamar's chances? What I said. Yes. Think about that, Scott. I can't think about Lamar being the MVP. It makes absolutely no sense to me. I agree. And I think Lamar— Christian McCaffrey has a better case than Lamar Jackson. And he has no chance. It's not even close. And McCaffrey has no chance to win the award. Exactly. Zero. I thought Purdy did a good job the way he handled that question. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, McCaffrey is going to win Offensive Player of the Year, especially with Tyreek Hill not playing this past week and McCaffrey scoring four touchdowns. He gets his trophy. He's going to get the Offensive Player of the Year. And I'm actually—I think whatever odds there was of a non-quarterback winning— I think having two viable non-quarterbacks kind of split the non-quarterback vote, too. I like that. If Tyreek wasn't having a good year, Mm -hmm. now McCaffrey might get enough momentum to be competitive, let's say. Yeah, someone could argue that guy's not even the best non-quarterback. Yeah, he's the fourth favorite right now, McCaffrey, 10 to 1. Set your money on fire. I'm not, yeah, yeah. I tell you this, here's the question. Let's say Purdy blows up the last couple games, which is unlikely, but he could. And let's say Lamar. Let's say let's say Lamar doesn't play particularly well. Who would you pick? Like it does feel like we're getting down. It's almost like the Hunger Games, where we're getting down to the end, and there might not be anyone left. Because if one game disqualifies Dak, which I don't understand that, who doesn't have a bad game, right? So one thing I know betting wise, Fez and guys, I think we should be looking for MVP surgers. In week 11, 12, 13, 14. And I mean to the point of even thinking of betting Josh Allen. No, no, that's the only guy that popped into my mind. 16 to 1 right now. Yeah, and that seems light because if they run the table win the and they win the AFC East and everyone else falters, he, he would win. Only thing that makes me think he won't is because he only had what seventy five yards passing? He, he did nothing in this game. He, yeah. well he ran the ball, but he wasn't he had fifteen pass attempts. So doesn't matter. They won by. But maybe zone. that's why we're. Well, I think it does matter. See, I think you got a wrong idea about this. Where historically, it's not just give it to the top team in each. You know, the quarterback on the top team. It's you got to be a top team to be under consideration. But then once you're in the room, it's all about the stats. It's all about EPA. Fez, let's start with some of the teams we've talked about. We started talking about. Let's do the Monday night game. So you thought Philly should have won. Seattle gets the win. What's the other takeaways? Uh, the importance from a betting perspective of the good numbers. Here was a game. I don't think I've ever seen this before. So the line was four. All right. So at the end of the game, Philly was up by four, and it looked very likely Philly was going to win by four. Seattle, out of timeouts, miraculous final drive, 75 yards in a minute. So let's say Philly had won by four. 
So Philly was a four-point favorite. It dropped as low as two and a half. And then it went back, and Philly became a four-point favorite again today. Really? And I have never, ever seen anything like it. Wildness from that four. So the four goes up to four and a half. Mm, it's looking more likely like um, it's going to be lock for Seattle. Gino's probably so not going to play. this is early in the week. No, this is uh, today. Oh, today? Okay. To, so, so, so this already happened early in the week. It went from four to two and a half and then back to four. Then, okay. then now you're then picking up the story. in the last story. three hours, okay. the last three hours before the game started because RJ slept in and I didn't really get back to the office until 2.30. I like 2:30. that. I like that. So from 2.30 until 5.30, I saw this line go from three and a half to four to four and a half to four to three and a half to four to six to four to, six to, to five. Four. So to put context in here, so the, the report comes out yesterday that Jalen Hurts is so sick that if the game were played yesterday, there's a good chance he wouldn't play. So the line goes down, obviously. People are going to bet on Seattle now. The line down went, to 2.8. The line dipped down to the two-point whatever. Uh, they announced today Jalen Hurts got on a separate flight yesterday. He's there. He's in Seattle. They show him walking in. He's got the big dom next to him. They're like, all right, Hurts is going to play. Line shoots up. Big, big, big dom has great... <laughs> Um, he doesn't catch colds easily. Yeah, he has a, yeah, a, yeah. great <laughs> immune system. So, that great guy. Immune system. so, so Hertz is going to play. So but, Hertz is going to play. But we don't know if Gino's going to play. We but, think he is. But Big Dom's there. But we get a report: Gino Smith is active for tonight's game. Oh well, that must mean that he's going to play. No, the Seahawks are not announcing a starting quarterback. Okay, so we're going to go through pregame warmups. Monday night countdowns on. They're I talking. Like they're talking all this stuff. Right? Schefter goes, "Well, Gino Smith is taking part in pregame warmups." The Seahawks still don't know if he's going to start that. That's a true game, game okay. time to see. Yeah. By the way, Geno Smith took part in pregame warm-ups last yeah. week, too. And then Drew Locke is running through the drills well, with the linemen. Hold on. But was he on the active roster at that point? I doubt. I don't think he was. Yes, he was. He, he, I think he, he was. was. They blew a, a roster spot on him because they, they were discussing, why did they have him? He didn't play. Why did the, they blow he, a roster I think spot? Because they thought he could be the backup. Yeah, yeah. Right, go, I'm sorry, go ahead. So Drew Locke is doing those little walkthrough drills with the offensive lineman taking snaps from the center, and Buck's like, he's got to be the starter if he's doing this before the game. And Jeff was like, they really don't know who's going to start. All of the Seattle props off the board, mm. couldn't bet it. And then five minutes before kickoff, everything shoots back up, and it's like, all right, Drew Locke's the quarterback. And all the, all line the, all goes. the money goes, and it runs to five and a half. Yes. So looking at the market, oh, see, that doesn't make any sense because you, the, if, hold on. The, I'm sorry. The assumption was that Locke was going to play, you know, midweek, right? That was the assumption. Yes, yes. So my thought is, okay, why would the line be four and even less? But then once Locke gets announced, it goes up to oh, six. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I misspoke. That We talked about this on Wednesday night. Remember, we said the line was four at the time. Yeah. And I said, this is a split line. I said it should be six if it's going to be Drew Locke, and it should be three yeah, with Gino And I said I didn't agree with that. Well, the market, I think, did agree with it because ultimately huh? you, you frown at me when I say the right thing. It so frustrates me. I don't, I'm don't. i trying to understand <laughs> what happened. Go so, ahead. so when it looked like it was going to be Hertz and it was going to be uh, Gino, uh-huh. the line was three. Okay, that it looked very likely that both were going to play um, early today, and the line was three. Early today, yes. So as soon as he was made um, on the well, first of all, early today, don't they? They have to announce who's on the uh, active. Yeah, when they when they announced like that Gino was active, yes, and that's when they announced so, that Gino was active. All right, so yeah. but you're saying he was active last week, Gino? I I, I meant tonight. Okay, but but the, was he active last week? Let me week? check. 
Because, all right, is, Sorry, I, me- I meant tonight. No, I didn't no, no, that's fine. Last week, and, and Scott's much more on top of it. Like I said, because I kind of was a wall. But it was like no, no, I get it, But it was like ninety minutes before the game. No, Gino wasn't active last week. He was okay. Yeah. So he's active, which tells people, hey, that's wild. He very well could be starting. So I agree with you. If he wasn't active last week and he w- it became active here unexpectedly, at that point, the assumption is he's going to start. I agree with you. And the line went to three. Okay, a little bit below actually, like two point eight five, I believe. Was yeah. that accurate? Scott, what you saw this morning? I saw it. I saw it. I didn't even see it go down three and a half. I saw I had two and a half. I saw three. Yeah, three. Okay. I think three is the consensus. All right. So let's think about this a second. Is when I thought that that just to be clear, and I didn't know you were so frustrated at it, is that I think makes my case the following way. When the line was four, I'm saying I think this is them thinking Locke's playing. If it improves when Gino actually is announced, that doesn't disprove my point at all. I agree with, I agree uh, with that. But I, did, but I did say that I thought I made the line six with Locke and mm-hmm. three with Gino. Mm-hmm. All right. And it was with Locke and what was the line? Four, right? The line closed five and a half. It, it closed at five and a half? Yes. Wow. Okay. So I, can you double check that? So that's crazy. So we're saying the, 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 the difference between Gino and Locke is from three. To five and a half, which coming off a three is 20 cent. Now, the one complexity of this is that Gina was active. So it wasn't certain he wasn't going to play at all. All we knew was he wasn't going to start right at post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Might have been five to five and a half. Did you see both? Uh, I saw five and a half. I also saw four and a half. So yeah, there it, there there was a five and a half. Maybe call it five then. Yeah, call right. it five to be fair. Okay, that that seems like a big. Ra- I mean, especially considering how Gino's played this year, that seems like a big range of of uh, or, or big adjustment, doesn't it? It seems like a big adjustment given Gino wasn't going to be a hundred percent. If it was, even if, if he it, did, play. yeah, yeah, I, I because Gino's like. Well, I, I don't know. Locks like a minus three, right? Mm-hmm. And Gino's probably like a. At most a zero, and maybe you might make him a minus one now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you're going through. The, I see what you're saying. The three is so it's a, it's such a key number, yeah. and four is not. Well, that sounds like one of the reasons to enjoy batting is is things like that happening right before kickoff. But, That's exciting. It, 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 it is kind of fun. So in the in the forty minutes before uh, the forty five minutes before kickoff, four to four and a half to five to five and a half at the Westgate, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and and early yeah. in the day all the way down to three. So think about this: if you're just grabbing stale numbers, you're laying three. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you're taking five and a half, and, and you're laying four. three and a half, and you're taking six, and the game is on four with like a minute to play, and probably going to land for seventy five percent of the time. So there's a lot of wise guys complaining right exactly. now. Exactly, yeah. a lot of guys, like, wise guys, got the middle rip, including our own our own hitman, who's like texting me three times because he caught the Eagles minus three. It's like, can you believe it? Oh, so. He- so he was. It was still going to work well for him, even. Okay, he's like, it's the mother of all bad miracles. And that, that was before he lost, right? Um, no, that was right after it lost. Oh, that was him complaining. Okay, three. he was okay. like, I, everyone else is going to lose, and but I'm going to win. That's an example of perpetuating bad, uh, bad, yeah. bad omen or whatever. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking at circuits even crazier. So yesterday, I'm assuming that this timestamp was when the report came out on Jalen Hurts because the line went down to minus two, and then today. Two? It went up to minus six. That had to have been the announcement of her of uh, Hertz in, and so it shoots up to six. And it, it, crazy move. So, so really, two to six, ping, ping, ping. I, mean, yeah. I understand moving two to six. I don't understand moving from two to six to three to five and a half. To, you know, it's crazy. You know what I might do? I might, um, if I have the time tomorrow, I might uh, do a data visualization of the moves because that that sounds interesting. It's fascinating. Actually. Yeah. 
Because we see a we see a, a straight line. This is so rare to see. Bing, 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 bing. bing I up agree and down. because the uncertainty this close to game time is the. Right. I don't. Yeah. I've never. And Twitter went wild because, and I agree. I've never seen this happen in an NFL game where there was uncertainty about a starting quarterback literally leading up to kickoff. Not a Monday night game. I know in the last yeah. two years. Well, see, I remember, wasn't Russell Wilson at one point when he had the, the mallet hand or whatever? I know he was running drills or whatever. I think mm. at one point he, he was on the active roster and he was like, see, I know some players like actually will test their hamstring mm-hmm. But quarterbacks, I think it's a rare thing. I yeah, think usually that. it's like, yeah, usually the guy will go out like 90 minutes before the game. Jalen Hurts didn't participate in pregame warmups. He stayed in the locker room all the way until they had to come out for, for the and That pre-game. probably added to complexity of all this also, you know? Jesus. I, I think Locke plus six or plus five and a half against a hobbled Hurts, that was a sweet bet you got to figure. I mean, so I had Seattle plus four mm-hmm. before I knew that Jalen Hurts was sick, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that's why when when I when I found out it wasn't going to be Geno Smith, I didn't adjust anything because obviously there was a, a hobbled Jalen Hurts that I felt like you had to account for so, as well, even if he did play. Yeah, it's funny with the flu. Like when I get the flu really bad, I wouldn't I couldn't play an athletic event if my life depended. I don't know how they do it. Michael Jordan can score fifty five. Well, he had a tummy ache from pizza. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> I I would not be able to play with pizza. I would not be able to play with a tummy ache. That pizza <laughs> they serve in Atlantic City, huh? If I ate that pizza two days ago. I don't think that was was that is that the rumor? That well, game was in Utah. How was it? Would he fly back to Atlantic? No, it was New York. It was Madison Square Garden. The flu game. No, it was against the Utah Jazz in the in the in the um, finals. Game six. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't game six. Game six was the final game when he did the shot with the arm. That wasn't the flu game. It was oh, game three. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm not. I'm thinking of a different hungover. There was a different okay, game but the flu, was, but the flu game, the, the flu flu game was yes that that. But, but there was but there is a the flu game. The flu flu yes, game. But there was a game where it was. Okay. Oh, he was hungover. It was alleged. I it. it was alleged that he was gambling yeah. in AC all uh, night and then flew back for the. Game. I agree with that. Yeah. All right, so Seattle, uh, what do you got for them? Uh, even about even on the season, like uh, an average team. Well, the problem is with the moving parts with all the quarterback. But yes, with with a healthy Geno, plus point five. Okay, I accept that. And just to wrap up the business here, and then we'll go on to some more games. EPA information. Uh, Brock Brock Purdy. EPA per play. All right, let's get the scale here. 0.391, go ahead. Dak Prescott, 0.225. Uh-huh. Can we just call it 39 and 22? That's fine. Okay. Uh, Josh Allen, 21. Jeez, he's way back. (laughs) Kirk Cousins, uh, 15. Okay. That's my guy. Jalen Hurts, 14. That's your guy. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, 12. Wait, wait, you skipped Lamar. No, I didn't. Oh. Oh, I did skip Tua, though. Oh, who cares? Go ahead. Point one eight. Sorry. I knew you didn't skip Lamar. So, I was making it saying. I know. I'm sorry. That's saying Josh Allen's is right there, basically. No, no, it's not. Though. Not with Purdy. He's right there with. He's right there everyone with, else. Yeah. But but here's what's interesting, Fez. So there's 17 basis points between 39 and 22, right? So if you go 17 basis points, it goes down to 0.05. If you say the difference. So how many quarterbacks are between um, Josh Allen at 0.22 and 0.05? Oh, a lot. How many? Count them up. Okay, so that's my point. I mean, this is a crazy number. That that that's saying you got to give it to Purdy. I yeah, statistically, it's crazy. Yeah. 
Um, but if you but if you if you if you do the leap of maybe Purdy doesn't win, then Josh Allen jumps to the 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 the, the number two in the class. Yeah, yeah, but, but by the stats. But if Purdy doesn't win, something other than the stats is dominating. Thirteen. So think about that. It goes from Josh Allen to Russell Wilson is the gap from Josh Allen to Brock Purdy. That's a convincing case Purdy should win. I agree. <laughs> and I don't even think – I was thinking about – because remember, we came in with Dak, and then we came in with Purdy, which, again, I'd be so upset if I just had Dak right now. But now the question is, do we want to go with anyone else? I, we decided not to go with Tua. Um, Josh Allen, Lamar. Lamar, the, I, I, four to one, I can't play it. I, in fact, I don't want that money. Now, listen, if Lamar wins the Super Bowl, I'll be here talking how great he played if he played great. It's nothing against Lamar. It's just what other quarterback gets the benefit of that? Like, even like you might think, oh, maybe it's racial and, and black quarterbacks get that love. Russell no. Wilson has never gotten a vote. <laughs> I agree. And I would make the case that uh, Fields hasn't. Now, Fields has had his supporters, but he certainly net net hasn't had a, a bunch of support in the media. I'd say it's been about average. Would you? I mean, like, I'd say it was pretty even-handed, right? If, if maybe anything, little, below average, yeah. I agree, a little negative. So I don't know what it is. Is it that Polian said what he said? Oh, he should be a wide receiver or whatever he said, and thus it became a cost celeb? I, I don't know. I don't know. I always think about the 1800s Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on this, AJ? You afraid to talk about politics? About politics? Yeah, we're talking politics in a way. This oh. is the woke, like it doesn't matter what the EPA is. I, I think I, they should exile Napoleon for those thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I just a place called Elba, I think it is. No, I just don't Abbas, consider don't Lamar Jackson a legitimate MVP candidate. I agree, but 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 you can't just shrug you can't shrug I mean, the market when, said- when it's the second favorite. If anything, that should be what gets you riled up. You're saying, I don't consider my life is sports. I don't can MVP is one of the most important prizes, the most important prize for an individual. And the second favorite, I think, is not a legitimate candidate. That seems like I, a reason to maybe get your blood pressure above 55. I think you should, if you but let's hear his thought. Oh, good. Well, as a proxy for Lamar. I would much rather. You're a proxy for Lamar. I would much rather bet Baltimore on the money line, like plus two forty against San Francisco. Best Ooh. number you can get. Now that sounds like a good idea. Because now you can you can scoop pretty well, easy. Well, and <laughs> it, because if Baltimore wins that game, he, Lamar could still lose the MVP. For sure, that's the. Scoop but if part. he loses this game, he's done. So that's what I'm. That's the scoop part. Ooh, yes. I almost would want. But you're thinking bet Lamar. I think maybe take the points. You could you could, you could split split it up. You could yeah. you, you could do what's that sprinkle on the money line. I would love him to. Oh, sorry. I would love him to uh, lose by two. Lock in the party. Bet the plus six. Sprinkle some money line. Something very similar to this was when Oregon and Washington were going to play for the Pac-12 championship, mm-hmm. and I said, if you think Oregon's going to win, rather than lay the money line price, I forget what it was on a on a ten and a half point favorite. I said rather than lay that price. Just bet Bo Nix to win the Heisman at minus 160 or whatever it was at the time because if they beat Washington, Bo Nix wins the Heisman. Yes. So instead of I worry, thought that was very strong. Instead of worrying about laying minus 500 on the money line, don't do that. Just say Bo Nix yeah. wins the Heisman minus he 160 because he would have won. And if Oregon wins the game, you've got a, you got a good ticket. But they both lose. They I both think, lose. Yeah, I think that oftentimes those kind of bets, and I don't know uh, the specifics of that college one, so I can't speak to it. But I think oftentimes people skip. It's like me when I was thinking about fading 
remember we were talking about uh, Houston and the division win, and then we also did this with the 49ers in Seattle. It was like we didn't consider the Rams. It was like, well, I can only imagine these two teams win. But it's like, yeah, but maybe one out of ten times. The beauty of AJ's bet was that yeah, the yeah. LSU kid was done for the year, mm-hmm. and it was Oregon's final game. So we were at the finish line. There was no other unpredictable contingent events that could It would fly. be like if this 49ers-Ravens game was the last game of the regular season. Oh. Yes, that's a great analogy. Uh, yeah, and so again, I wasn't in any way saying that, that anything about that, but I think in general, these kind of, hey, this is a proxy for something else, is often not as clean as people think it is. Yeah, and a surprising— Would you agree with that? I, I would, especially when there's more of a timeline. But even in this case, in a, in a shocking result, Bull Nix went out with a torn hamstring in the first quarter, and Oregon still wins the game. I mean, you make a good point because let's say, and this is a different hypothetical, but let's say the final two guys in the MVP conversation or two of the last three were Josh Allen and Dak Prescott, and they played that game. Dak Prescott looked bad. Josh Allen didn't look particularly great. You And then you see Brock Purdy over there doing what he did. You wouldn't feel great about having Josh Allen just won that head-to-head because you didn't really feel like well, you gained any ground. In a way, Purdy jumping from – being what plus two hundred to mi- minus minus two hundred now is exactly that happening right so yeah, that's uh, a great point. The thing I like about this one is I I think if you are betting something an alternative as a proxy like I want I can get better odds like people do that with the MVP in the Super Bowl it's like the the team's odds might be plus two hundred but the quarterback then might be. Um, Instead of plus 200, you can get the quarterback to win the MVP plus 350. And the only way they're going to win is if the yeah. quarterback is a big game. Yeah. And he's going to get it every time. But but the, but the that 10% chance that we don't calculate typically happens enough to make it a problem. Yes. Right? We were talking about that with a bet we made here. Um, I think it was the NBA. But, you know, that I think the long tail is things that people discount generally because – it doesn't happen very if you're only using observation you might never have seen it right but some things that happen 1% of the time i mean think about it if something happens 1% of the time in a super bowl odds are none of us are going to see it right mm-hmm. i mean cuz how many super bowls are you going to be cognizant for right so what happens if it's one third of a percent? You have no chance, or not no chance. You have a very little chance of seeing it, like right? a touchdown of more than a hundred yards. Oh, we saw that within the Arizona Super Bowl, yeah, didn't we? That's now? true. Well, if you really think <laughs> about the things that happen, like oh, there was something just recently where I was thinking the odds of that even a couple of weeks ago were so. Oh no, that's it. When Brock Purdy got drafted, if I had texted you guys, hey, prediction. No, he got drafted in 2022. 2023 MVP. What odds would you have given me? Thousand to one. More than that. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, the the one that's the perfect example is when uh, there was at the Oscars and Moonlight was the winner, but they brought up, I can't remember, it was a musical or something. La 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 Land. La 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 Land, that's right. And if we were on the couch watching this and the La La Land people are shaking hands and getting their speeches out on stage. Ten million to one. If I said, you know what? I don't think they won. I think it, <laughs> I mean, what? it would be crazy. I bet everything. Unimaginable. You're right. Bucks. This happens all the time. I mean. Well, because there's 
billions. So many events. It, it, yeah. It's like Carl Sagan. There's billions and billions of stars. Yeah, but but there's not. <laughs> you're right. Every time someone hits the lottery, it's like a forty million to one like shot. Oh, Florida Atlantic making their run to the NCAA tournament. But for every Florida Atlantic, there's all these eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen seats that get beat the first round. Have you read the Black Swan? No, but you've you've described. Yeah, it yeah. That's it. that. To me, he made a living off of. The author of that, off of that concept, the long tail was discounted. So hmm. I mean, you, Purdue lost to Fairleigh Dickinson. Anything, anything can thanks happen. Thanks for right? bringing but, that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's say, let's think here. We've talked about Monday night. So Seattle. Let me talk about your top two teams because we've been talking in the about the league. All right, let's wrap that up because I, they're both my phony finals: San Fran and Baltimore. Go ahead. I'm gonna make the case that both of them they both won, they both covered, and I don't think either one deserved to. San Fran got out, actually got out. I'm not saying they shouldn't win, but they got out gains. They won the yards per play. They won first downs by two. So San Fran, sure, they could win by ten. Did points. you watch much of that game? Yeah, I did. Because my understanding is. San Fran had a, a turnover return, right? Yeah, defensive touchdown. But but then it was a situation where they were playing softer. Uh, it, it, yeah, the team like at any soft. Po- do you, yeah, do, does it feel like at any point they weren't in control of the game? No, they were completely okay. they're completely in control. I, that's my sense. Yeah, yeah, but I think the defense might have been a little maybe looking ahead to Baltimore. You know, a, a little bit. Um, I will say this on the Baltimore Jacksonville game. I watched the whole first half. That's Jacksonville team. They they were cursed in the first half. So two missed field goals, um, numerous mistakes. Baltimore was the better team. Baltimore probably should have won by three or seven or eight, certainly not 16. So let's look at the EPA per play just in the game that just happened. San Fran, number one offense in all uh, – not counting Monday night because I prepped this before. Um, San Fran, number one offensive performance by EPA. Sure. And Arizona, who, like you said, put up 400-some yards, et cetera, were number 15. So when one's one and one's 15, you know, it feels like a nice, you know, nice clear margin. Yeah, right? yeah 10, 12-point win. Maybe. So we'll look at Baltimore. They were 13 on offense. But you just wait till that, that, that OC gets his, his sea legs. But anyway, 13. And then um, let me see here. Jacksonville was 21. So, yeah, not as much of a spread, but a clean one. Uh, do you have Baltimore cl- clearly number two? Yes. Um, and, I have them. But it, I don't know how to answer the question. They are clearly number two by half a game over three teams. Half a point. Half a point, yeah. So you think those four teams within a half a point cluster? Yes. Who are those four? Dallas? Kansas City, Buffalo. Let's talk Buffalo for a second. <sighs> The only rationale for this is if the defense has gotten a lot better during the course of the injury or the absence of these other players. So maybe let's, um, you know, let's count the weeks back, AJ, to the London game. Okay. And then let's split that in half. Let's have the half the time since then, the first half and the second half since then. That's a fair way to, you know, somewhat arbitrary, but saying, I want to see the trend line. Because one game is one game, right? But I want to see the trend line. I know the the, the cornerback they traded for Russell is, Douglas is playing well, very well. I, was it Detroit that gave him up? Who gave him up? Um, Let's look that up. I thought it was Detroit. I mean, I, who, first of all, whoever gave that player to Buffalo, I I think they got like a six round pick. Packers. What? Yeah, it was Green Bay. The, oh, the Packers don't need any help on D. <laughs> and what did they give for it? They uh, they gave up a third round pick. Yeah. That's a high pick, but geez. But they they got back a fifth round or two, so. Oh, geez, then 
Yeah, so so the difference between a third and the fifth is all they gave up for him? Yeah. Jesus. Packers, there's something wrong with the Packers. No doubts. Um, I still think they can get the eight wins. So, yeah, let's hope. But but I guess that's my ultimate point. Just I mean, this is a team that just got beat by Philly, right? This is a team that almost got beat by Kansas City. Now, I'm not saying that's a, a travesty, but it could have happened. I... I don't know how they've become the third best. I mean, where did you have them two weeks ago? Uh, they were – I got them six and a half of them two weeks ago. I had them at five. I saw a point and a half upgrade. But, yeah. but, but, but what's, what, let's, let's look at the marketplace. So the marketplace would say, now, wait a minute. They played two top five teams, one on the road, one at home. So they played Kansas City and they played Dallas. Didn't play them both at home. And in one game they were plus one and in another game they were minus two. So the market has said, hey, the, we're, we're hanging right with those two teams. Those three teams throw a blanket over. And by the way, you're right. They could have lost, but they didn't. They're 2-0 and in those I games. I agree. I agree. Um, and I also would make the case that the lines themselves told us something, right? Mm-hmm. Is Kansas City and Buffalo's about even? And, and Buffalo's a little better than Dallas, though situationally it was advantage Dallas. Or I'm sorry, advantage Buffalo. Why, did you, why didn't you play that one? Because I could, I, I had ten dimes on Buffalo minus a dollar twenty. Are you going to take my advice and not bet as much? You only got three weeks left, right? Uh, there, I, I only made, yeah, I, I didn't make any big bets yet. So yeah, that's good. yeah. Um, but the, ultimately, though, I was going to lose on Tennessee. The best I could have done was four and one. Well, that would be. But you're saying yeah, one, but yeah. I could, it could, it, but it could have been. Yeah. I mean, if you were four and one right now, you'd feel pretty good about. Oh it. God, I'd be walking in here yeah. strutting like like Gene like <laughs> Gene Wilder just out of jail. <laughs> So week six through ten, which Jacksonville game in London was week week five. Okay. Week six through ten, Buffalo was thirty second defensively EPA per play. Okay. Uh, from week eleven to now, they've been seventh. Okay. So obviously they've improved, and that that doesn't consider strength of schedule. But if anything, you'd have to say the strength of schedule has improved. Gotten better, yeah. yeah. So, but, and what what do we think? Buffalo's third or fourth on offense? Okay, maybe. Josh Allen's selling out to run also. Maybe. Okay. I don't listen, I've never seen a year like if you really told me that uh 49ers don't win it, the Baltimore Ravens don't win it, which is crazy. I think they're clearly the second best team and I think maybe by a point or more in my opinion, but I'm not sure. I don't think Philly, Kansas City, and listen, Mahomes won it. It'd be hard to say it was fraudulent, but Who's the third bat? I mean, like my point is, I I don't think those three teams are that close. Maybe Buffalo is right up there. Wow, huh? All right. Um. So Dallas, what do we do with them? I mean, I think it's a huge downgrade. Yeah, they got their butts kicked. The one thing is, it was chilly weather. Team from Texas, and I'm reluctant to really downgrade a team, a fast track team when they fate, play in the elements and they have a really crappy game. What was the temperature? It's like thirty-seven. It was, no, it wasn't thirty. It was in the forties. Was it the forties? Okay. Yeah. All right. They were. Like, they kept talking on the broadcast. How it's it like, was raining. It's I'm a beautiful. Warm. Yeah, it was like no, it's, but it was raining. So it was a it, cold rain. It rained in the second half. The fr- but the first half it wasn't raining. They were like, it's unusually good weather in Buffalo in December. Didn't look. They said good if, to me when I watched. They said Dallas got very lucky. If you said Dallas was mm-hmm. playing in Buffalo in December, you would have expected a lot worse. I agree so, with that. So they ran the ball unlike. Ever Buffalo running the ball during this iteration of the bill? It was crazy. It was like, uh, I mean, it, it looked like the the eighty five Bears. Like all they they didn't know how to throw the ball. <laughs> so success rate is different than EPA, right? So success rate is each play yes or no, 
Did you improve your prospects of scoring is effectively? So on first down, it's usually four yards. If you get four, you've succeeded. If you don't, you have it. And if it's third and nine, you got to get nine, right? Which I think is flawed now, especially with the tush push and all that. But okay. Number one success rate, Buffalo Bills this week. Number one. Number four on EPA on offense. So it goes to show you they were just getting, like every play was a little better or more than a little better because mm. they only had like, what, nine third downs or something. Yeah. Was, as much as they were running, they were playing, as Lombardi calls it, Canadian football where they were getting the first after the second down, which if you can run that well. So, I mean, does that mean Dallas? Five just, of nine on third down. Yeah. I like that Canadian football. That's a good one. Yeah, so, I'll steal that. <laughs> well, I, I stole it, but I, I steal with attribution. Yeah, no, I'm like, not. Hey. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give ah, you no. RJ Pell says. It's, it's like the telephone game, right? Who knows who said it? was like Shakespeare originally. I, I don't think Lombardi said that. I think Vince Lombardi said it first. He thinks the lady, he thinks the Fezzik does, does protest too much. <laughs> yeah, I always heard he was loose. Um, <laughs> pretty funny don't you think scott you kind of have well, a st- well you, done you usually give me a good hearty laugh with, uh, maybe i guess shakespeare comedy doesn't work no it's it's witty that's what i try that's what i try it's a, it's a different response for wit you ever hear aj's comedy what comedy I, I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Fezzik laughs at RJ's jokes. I'll try and hit a Hamlet well, joke Fezzik, later on. Fezzik at times chuckles at, at AJ's jokes. <laughs> I just saw the Seinfeld episode where the guy says, with George, he prefers himself in the first person. George is getting angry. <laughs> Jimmy's down. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, yes. Yeah. Jimmy might like you. <laughs> well, I tell you this. If you, ever do, if you ever do podcasts or radio, and I didn't appreciate this, they said Howard Stern that one of the reasons he loved and, and loves on air, um, oh, my God, I'm having a mental block. The the gal. The gal on Howard Stern. Robin? Robin, yeah. yeah. All right. I haven't listened for a while. No. Robin, um, was she had such a generous laugh that she would laugh and still, you know, I guess I'm talking past tense because I don't listen, but... Um, and, and when you're on air, if you try to do anything funny, there's nothing worse than something being funny and... The people aren't paying attention or they're looking something up. So then the audience just hears dead air, right? And Dangerfield thought he was bombing his first movie because nobody laughed on set. And he was used oh, to being on I never stage. heard that before. Yeah. No, yeah, that's it. No, he's saying on when he did a movie. I'm saying he's used to being on stage. Oh, used to yeah. Be, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. No, that's clever. But the thing about Scott, I don't understand with you, is you, I crack you up more than anyone, but you hold it back. It's like you go like, ah, but you're like trying not to laugh on. I think laughing on Mike is like a really, like, I think everyone enjoys, the listener feels like, you know, they can laugh too. I think in TV shows and radio, it's it's considered like cracking up during an act is considered a negative. Am I right, Scott? That but, you, like, but you this don't is, want well, yeah, to Yeah, we're not breaking. It. We're not on SL here. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we're breaking the fourth wall by laughing. No, you're right. I, I hear you. But, but I mean, if anything, you I thought what you were going to go for, and, and we'll go to Scott on this, is the fact they have laugh tracks. Or they for were I hate those. I know, but it was like saying dead air was yeah. so bad we can't afford a studio audience. We'll just have a laugh track. That was the beauty of Seinfeld is they didn't need a laugh track because the people were supposed to be laughing at it. A lot, yeah, a lot of shows certainly. <laughs> um, <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, I was saying maybe it's just my years in radio. It's just not making loud noises into the microphone. So when yeah. I'm laughing, I kind of back away from the mic. You still hear the laughter, but. 
Okay. No, I gets the point the, across. I agree with the loud noise. Fez, when he he's been doing this ten years now, but when he screams, he screams right in the mic. <laughs> you see, I laughed at the back door. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's got it's just true. in the last six months. You've gotten better at that because you used to do it like religiously. Now, yeah. yeah. All right. So, AJ, I'm going to let you pick the next game. What do you want to review? Uh, I would. I think I want to talk about Kansas City, and I know we hit on it a little bit, but. What you said is what I believe, that if Kansas City didn't have Patrick Mahomes, there's no way we'd look at this team and say they've got a chance to win a Super Bowl. Because nothing about this team other than Patrick Mahomes says they're a Super Bowl winning team. Well, their defense is legit. More so than any year ever with the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it Super Bowl good? It feels like it's dropping off a little bit. A little bit. If you put Geno Smith as their quarterback, they're a below 500 team. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um... They're, let's think think about this. They're, they are seven and six ATS this year, which is kind of good for them, right? They're under nine and over five. So again, the defense, um, power ratings wise, we got them seventh. And again, this is a very rudimentary but a very effective, I think, list. That, you know, but the thing I, that really jumps out with Kansas City, and this is something I've been kind of really pushing lately, is what's your lead at halftime? Because, again, Lombardi has really stressed the point. If you're leading at halftime, you get to run your offense. They have to run something different. They're, 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 they're going to pass more than they want, most teams. Um, it takes a real disciplined team to run the ball down 14, let's say. Mm-hmm. right? So if you look at the Chiefs and we say, okay, how many times did they lead at halftime by t- more than 10 points? How many times did they lead between a touchdown and 10? Right? Those are the two groupings of a nice lead. So here's the leaders here. Cowboys got the most. Six times they've led by over 10 points at half. But they also have the most of any team ranked above the Saints. So all the teams from the Saints down. So in the Saints, all right, uh, let's see here. The Saints are number 18 in these power ranks. So the top 17 teams, Dallas has the most times they've been losing at halftime. Interesting. By 11, and it's it's three. So the net on that is plus three. Six, three, plus three. Now, 49ers, 5-0. 5-0 they've led. Ravens, 5-0. And Bills, 4-1. Dolphins, 5-2. So you can see amongst these winners – they all have. It, it does feel also like a first half result on a power ring is going to be much cleaner than a second half result. Uh, yeah, because I mean, fourth quarter by definition is going to be pick them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's true if you actually look at quarter correlation, the result, fourth quarter is way at the bottom yeah. compared. Now, here's what's fascinating the Eagles, zero times they've led by 10 and a half, and they're the or be- more than 10. And they were the best last year, first half team in the second quarter especially last year yeah and they've actually been trailing by more than 10 once and now i don't know they weren't were they were they up by more than 10 um, tonight at halftime okay so think about that there's only these are the only teams that haven't led by 10 wait was it 10 it was was tied it was was, uh tied did they wind up being tied so these are the only teams that haven't led at halftime by more than 10 the eagles Carolina, the Broncos, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Jets, the Panthers, 
and Washington. You know, that seems like an impossibly long— I think just by accident, a crappy team would be up 10. At least once. But but who's the second-best team on that list? Say it again. Atlanta? So one more time. Oh, Pittsburgh. All right, so Broncos, Steelers. Oh, Denver, clearly. Falcons, Jets— Panthers, Panthers, Commanders, Commanders. Yeah, Broncos. Denver. All right, and who's next? Pittsburgh. And what's Pittsburgh? Twenty-three, maybe. Yeah. I actually have Atlanta better than Pittsburgh, but no, they're both. I don't anymore. God, Atlanta's Atlanta's bad. But what I'm saying is, these are bad teams. Pittsburgh's bad. These are bad teams, right? We can agree to that. Yeah, yeah. And Philadelphia's right there. Wow. I Pretender. mean, it doesn't make a ton well, of sense. You remember on the Dream Pod last week, I was giving you like the 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 margin of like the uh, scoring margin for all the top tier teams and everybody's in the hundreds and there's Philly at like 19. How can, how can you be 10 and three and have a plus 20 scoring margin? Like it, it's Ask the Vikings. It, I mean, that's what they are. Why aren't we that's treating the them point. the same way? And the Vikings weren't being treated like a top five team in the market ever at the, yeah, really ever. But I because the Eagles that. were in the yeah. Super Bowl. Everybody's giving them the benefit of the doubt. And let's not forget, a year ago in three months, the Eagles were clearly the second-best team behind Dallas in their division. All of that's what the odds said. And they start, They ran a different offense, Hurts, and the tush push and all that, and they ran through people. But now this year, offseason, we haven't even talked about the idea that their D.C.'s been demoted. right? Mm-hmm. So you guys heard about this, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean – that seems like a huge deal that you have a guy that people thought got run out of the league and now he's the effectively the DC. Yeah. And his name is uh Matt Patricia. Exactly. Um that that seems like a, a club in a club in turmoil. And the their ex-offensive coordinator seems to be doing pretty darn good yeah. stiking over at Indianapolis. Both, both coordinators leaving, I think, like maybe was undervalued coming into this season. Yeah. There was a lot. Listen, unless you had faith in that team, there was a lot of signs of a drop-off. But then they started, what, 10-1 and one or whatever? And it sure. Was, so. But they were also winning games. Like, yeah, I, no, I know. In a fashion. But people, that, but people do, if you win, you win. In the end, I mean, that, it, now here's the thing: if you're supposed to be good and you win, then you win, you win. If you're supposed to be bad and you win, people are skeptical of it. Yeah, people didn't buy into the Giants last year. People didn't buy into Minnesota. No, you're right, but but th- we've given the Eagles the benefit of the doubt, which makes sense, but not as much as we have. Meaning, if they've done it before, you can envision they're doing it again. But there's a lot of moving pieces. You know? Where do you have the Eagles ranked now? I have the Eagles seventh. By the way, I'm proud to report that if you took Fezzik to take the bladder break first and you laid minus 900, you just lost. I think I think he's getting his Copenhagen. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, real quick. Is that an accurate number, RJ, you think? Uh, no. I mean, listen, when you're on dialysis. That, yeah. that, all right. Now, <laughs> here's the couple of teams that are off. They're, they're, I did an algorithm on the first half stuff, and I'm saying these teams are misranked. If you believe this first half stuff. So the first one is the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rams are a little bit too high. But we, I've got the Rams here at like number eight. Let me see. Th- this system has the Rams at number eight. I got them ninth. Okay. So they're a little lower than that based upon the first half stuff. Browns are actually next for me, and they are much lower. Browns are like an even team by the first half stuff. But again, they're a conservative team. Um, the Bengals are next. They're actually negative in the first half, if you can believe it. 
Um, then the Lions are strong. The Jags are strong. Seahawks are negative in the first half. So uh, looking at the bottom, because some of this is like splitting hairs, but looking at the bottom, the Jets, or I'm sorry, the Patriots and the Cardinals are much better if you look at the first half as your, as your metric. So, uh, the Cardinals all season long have been really good in the first half and then just die. Yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting point, too. Um, oh, someone was talking about the uh, Detroit Pistons, right? And, oh, it was Doc Rivers, right? So his son's a coach on that team or some ex- assistant on that mm-hmm. team. And he was on Bill Simmons, and he was saying – They've got um, so what is it? Forty-eight minutes, right in the NBA. They've got forty minutes in them, and then they're losing late in the game. Is that right? So I'm thinking, okay. So I had a trend because I've been looking in the NBA with um, when teams play back to backs. So that's a big thing now in the NBA, right? So I was looking at that, and I was seeing, okay, if a team is favored, what happens if they're not? And there was a scenario that says that if you are a big underdog in the first game and you lose. And you're a big underdog in the second game. You do very well because the theory is that team just beat you, and they're thinking, "I, we're going to beat them again." Oh, not a back-to-back, but a um, what do they call those? Like a home and home, but it doesn't have to be home and home. Yeah, sometimes like you play the same team now. back-to-back. Yeah, yes. the same. Yeah, what's that called? A There's rematch. A, I don't. I don't know what you would call it exactly. It's a special but name for it. Scott. Yeah, call it home and homes because usually you do one on always, one side, one on the the other side. But it's not always home and home. Now I, it's not. I would actually say it's less less than fifty percent. It's 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 they switch venues. It seems. Yeah, like. since COVID, it, this is it, this became a thing with the COVID year when they didn't want to travel as so much. So that that's what I specifically looked at, and it was great. So the Sixers had this against the Pistons, right? So, but the Pistons aren't an NBA team. They're yeah. going to get relegated. <laughs> but but what 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 happened was it all lined up. I <laughs> I just heard Doc say that, and I'm thinking. Wow, I could see the the Sixers starting slow, right? If there's anything that's going to happen, they probably start slow the next game because they just beat them. And I was going to fire, and then I got, I thought it started at seven thirty, and it started at ten after, or I was going to text you, <laughs> but they got crushed. Oh, good. So, no, like, so often when that happens, the first score I see is like like oh fourteen to three. I'm like, God damn. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was happy in this case. All right, so um. What's next? What game we want to go over? I got a theme I want to discuss. Let's talk about that. Three-point favorites. And we, we, I know we, we, we talk more than any other pod about it, but it's so critically important. Three-point favorites, okay. Whenever the line's at three, you got to pay extra attention to those games. So look at Min- no further <laughs> Saturday, Minnesota-Cincinnati. Cincinnati. They're, um, the Cincinnati's laying three and a half in some spots, and then three, and it lands three. Bengals win, fiddle in the middle. Could have gotten some Vikings plus three and a half, though. Uh, then Chicago-Cleveland, the Bears catching three and a half against Cleveland, comes all the way down to 2.75. All right, AJ says, hey, how did I save you? I said, I said, Fez, where can I get a two and a half on uh, Chicago? I said, because there's, to me, there's no way that these two teams— Two and, Cle- and a half on Chicago. Cle- or cl- on Cleveland. Yeah. I said, there's no way these teams are, are close to even, in my opinion. I, I, I think— I think Bears should have won that game. I told I told my— I don't— I, I said I, I texted— They got outstatted handily. I, we'll get to that. I, I said, I make the game minus 2.75, and the Hall of Fame bookmakers, all three of them over at the South Point, are, are offering minus 2.5, mm-hmm. lay a dollar ten at Cleveland. And AJ's like— Thank you. Yep. <laughs> but, but wouldn't you agree that with teams going for it um, down eight, typically now the six, and then now the the Jacksonville with the four, that all of a sudden seven and three are becoming less valuable? 
Yes, definitely the seven. The three, I think Jacksonville is still on. They're correct, but they're on an analytic island. I think that 30 out of 32 teams are still going to kick down four to go down three. And But the trend line is going to probably be in the I mean, it seems like yeah, the math land, wins eight, in the It's going to land 8.5% instead of 10%. Yeah. I agree with that. But still, 8.5% is still the most common of well, all the numbers in I sports, agree. other than soccer winning by one, of course. And I would say in general— the frenzy of the market, all the new money has caused the moves in general. I would say the the variance throughout the week, like how much does the how much movement, it, you know, almost like, you know, how they have that tracking where they can count the miles or the, the, the yards that you ran. If you look at the spread, how much every time it goes up a half point, add a half to it, every time it goes down, add a half, like the absolute value of the moves. I think lines are moving now more than than they have in 10 20 years. Agree strongly. That brings me to my third game. So Tennessee opens up against Houston. Very small favorite. One point favorite. Goes up to two. Two and a half. Then it goes to three. Okay, that's not all that strange. But then it even goes to three and a half. And so for the longest time, that game had the look of Tennessee winning by three. Ultimately, they go to overtime and Tennessee blows it and Houston wins by three. So that one almost lands as well. I have to tell you, these games that are like lined at 2.75, 3.25 or even three. So often... Back in the '90s, there'd be when a team was laying three. RJ, you know this. They'd be laying three on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and it would not come off that three. They, they didn't want to get sided. Yeah, they, they, and it just seemed like the minus one twenty wasn't even prevalent. And it seemed like there was interest in both sides, and like, and now it's almost like a narrative goes out. Oh, this is the sharp side or whatever, and it moves. It moves to either two and a half or three and a half. I love. I mean that that is a sign of an inefficient market to me. The more that, yes. the better, right? And we saw it tonight with that Monday Night Football. It was constant. Everyone trying to get a grasp of, was Seattle the right side or was Philly the right side? And just nonstop move in both directions. So there's a podcast we talked about once. It's called The uh, Risk of Ruin. And um, I've listened to this one. It's called Two Hustlers about three times. Because mm. there's a guy that was a slot hustler or is a slot hustler. And um, he was like the people I grew up with. Like where I grew up. No gamblers were like rich, rich. The gamblers were the guys that were like working hard to not have to work in the mines. And, you know, the good ones didn't, you know, they made a living from it, but they were always angle shooting, right? And to me, if you ever want to kind of come up the right way to be ready for Vegas, you want to be around that, right? Because you might as well learn cheap about, you know, all the hot. Well, listen, I've made so many mistakes. You know, I try to make them only once, but there's a lot of them, right? Um, this guy reminds me of people I grew up with. He, you know, he's got a, a gravelly voice, but he's, but he's talking about, he goes, this is a phrase he used, and, and, and it's going to come around to what we were talking about. He goes, yeah, um, in the 90s, I was, um, I have, there was a few of these poker games I could beat, and then those games dried up. And, then, and right there, it was like, okay, I knew this guy was that kind of guy, because most people don't realize when a positive EV becomes not positive, right? But I guess when you're living, when you're booking out of your, not booking, but when you're playing out of your pocket, you kind of know when you lose, right? Because you don't have enough for a hotel or whatever. So it was fascinating, though, the way he, he's made a living at, at slot hustling, which is literally like trying to find times. There's le- the, the most basic version is trying to find times people leave credits on a machine. Mm-hmm. But then it's all the way to there's like uh, I think it was called the pigs busted where it went up to a certain point and then it had to bust by 70 and people would leave when it's 45 because they didn't know. You know about this? Yeah. Piggy banking. OK. It's fun. Yeah. OK. So and. 
I think most of this stuff has dried up. And these are all mini jackpots. And they actually, they've come back. Scott knows all about this. So now he's got like his little spreadsheet with the Buccaneer gold. And <laughs> oh, there's seven coins in the second column, right? That no, you, no, no spreadsheets, but it, his mind is yeah, the spreadsheet. He know, okay. But he knows when there's this many jewels that are like in the mini jackpots that have accumulated and somebody leaves. So, how, play. just generally, how have you um, acquired that information? By talking to people, so so by observing and and, and so you're seeing people you think making some friends. You're yeah. seeing people that you think are, are working and and oh you can tell you can tell who the APs are the advantage players and, yeah. and Lund L U N D author wrote robbing the one armed bandits like mm-hmm. 20 years ago mm-hmm. that, that detailed at that time the piggy banking and the other advantage plays and what you needed to where you, where was the break even point just like the progressive uh, royal flushes that you'll see on a, on a you know starts at a thousand and it goes above like 1600 that's the break even point every now and then you'll see like it's 2800 and then the pros will all come in and they'll all play together until they hit it yeah no i agree um my point being is if you are living on your winnings, you have a no-nonsense approach to it. And most gamblers today, it's, a, it's recreational or it's they want to be professional, but they still have a straight job. That discipline, I think that it's so funny. Like they say, if you don't start speaking a foreign language when you're like under seven or something, it's hard to really ever be totally fluent because it's not second nature to you, right? You can become good at it. But I think with gambling, you got to have in your bones that people are trying to hustle you. That's the first. Everyone's trying to get over on you. I mean, if you've got a couple friends you can count on that won't try to get over on you in an illicit way, not try. We are competitive to try to beat each other, but we try to do it on the square. And but but other people. You know, that's not the case. I mean, Fez, I mean, I, I bet you could do a three hour podcast about the ways people have tried to, t- especially when you came to town as a nerdy actuary, right? Yeah, or, uh, I've worked with like 30 people, and ultimately, you know, I work with like five now. And because those are the guys that I know, you know, have stood the, the test of time and I can count on, you know. But that's that doesn't even count the ones that you encountered in the parking lot of the Stardust that were trying to hustle. Who was that like? Like, was it Sam Angel selling his jewelry you know, in the parking lot of the Stardust with you and the, the like? And yeah, and to me, the, it's almost like if you wanted a great education to become a Vegas guy, half of it would be in the ghetto, like around like the three card Monty games, and uh, and the, and quite frankly, the drug dealers, because that's all. Hey, fake money! You know they're going to give counterfeit money. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to short you. They're going to cut it. It's all these scams, right? Like if someone walks up to me in any venue anywhere in the world and says, "What are you drinking?" I immediately, my reaction is, I am not buying that person a drink because that's what they want by asking me that question. And I think half of it should be that, what we just talked about, and then the other half, the Ivy Leagues. Because if you don't have the math, it's hard, right? And you can do it, but boy, it's so much easier with the math. And to me, a or per- know someone who knows them out there can explain the conclusion to you. But you then you not- got to trust them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, like well, NFL teasers is a good example. You well, didn't see, have to that, understand- that's where I think you're wrong about the NFL teasers. And we'll, the, and this is a debate we've been having. Um, and we might as well kind of tease it, no pun intended. And we can talk about it as things slow down. But you are a fan of it's Wong only. Wrong, only wrong, Wong is right. Right. And there's people out there. I think like, like silent laugh sub, again. From there's school. subsets, yeah. lower totals, home dogs. No, no, don't, don't, don't backtrack, Steve. You are saying, the, oh, you're saying some get better. Okay, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, well, well they're, 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 they give specific examples that have spat out positive EV, and it all comes down to well, yeah, it, the, the teaser 
wins because this subset has won at like over 53% straight mm-hmm. betting. And I'm like, it's unsustainable. It's not going to win at that level going forward. Thus, the teaser is going to fail. Okay. And, and the question becomes that you never can know for sure what the distribution of outcomes are because there's not enough volume of games as the league changes. I mean, just with these fourth downs, how much has the fourth downs changed the distribution of outcomes? Yeah, that's. I mean, it's, it's a great point, other than I think it's obvious that the most popular numbers are going to land a little less often. All right? Yeah. So the question is how much which less. Which means the Wongs are now less effective to some degree, and yes. others are more effective, because that distribution especially has to that, add up to 100. Especially like teasing a, one, a plus 1 up to a plus 7F. You didn't used to have to worry about that 8, and now, now you got to worry. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the, the first, there was there's, there was been two monumental changes. The first was the moving back of the extra point, mm-hmm. which made the three and seven less important. It's still yep. the two most important, yeah, 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 yeah. but it made it less important. It made five important, and it made eight important. There's been a, there was a, a, a rise in fives and eights. I agree with ever that. since the moving back of the extra point. But why, now, why five? Because when you're down five, you go for two. Five oh, or three. But that's not the extra point, though. Okay, that's what oh, I was confused. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I get that part. Go ahead. But I mean, the numbers show that there was a rise in yeah. the number five and the number eight uh-huh. since the movement of the – since 2015. But then the other move, the, the shift, was the analytics and the going for two and the going for it on fourth down. Mm-hmm. You cannot watch an NFL game anymore without them saying when they punt or or, or go for it on fourth down, they say – the analytics say if it's two yards or less, you got to go mean, for it. Monday Night Football puts a thing up on the screen. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's like fourth and four, it says, like, go for it. I mean, it, it tells you, like, this is the situation. Go for it four or minutes, punt or kick, four whatever. Four minutes and 40 seconds left, fourth and two on their own 35, and they will go for it. And if they don't get it, now they're going to lose by 10 instead of seven because the other team's going to kick a field goal. But Wong wrote his book – What's it been now, 25 years ago? Yeah. So, oh, my God, I'm getting off. So the point is that and back then you could get even money, 6.2 team teasers, pretty easy, right? Yeah. Now it's 125, if, yep. and you got a I shot would, for I, that, I, right? I, and yeah, in fact, I, I'm torn because DraftKings, obviously, offers it still minus 120, and as do a few other books. But there are some books, like Bookmaker, Offers at minus 120. But I talked to my friends like, oh, yeah, they don't let me play teasers. I'm like, they don't let well, me I, play I, teasers. So they won't let you play teasers, a bookmaker? No. Now, are, are, you a ca- are you posting up cash? No. Okay. So I think that if they've got credit players, I think they – but my understanding is they, they make a point of saying we never refuse a, a, a bet that isn't above our limits. That's fascinating. I wonder how much of that is because it's, you know... It's not pre- just me. It's a whole bunch of guys I, I talked about. That is interesting. I'll ask some of the guys that, that, that do, you know, post up. if they're I'm sure they're getting limited also. I I, I would be interested in that. Now, um, no, they're all limited, but the but you're saying they won't let you bet them at all. You're not allowed... Zero dollar limit, yeah. The, um... Huh. That's a minus 120, you know? Well, which is a well, which today is a good, good number. Yeah. You can't get better than that, right? You can. Oh. It's like the A-team, if you know who to ask <laughs> and where. His, his, I, you're watching a lot more TV than you used to. No, this is t- you think I've watched the 18 the last 20 years? No, but it's like somehow dun, 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 dun. <laughs> somehow your references are getting more on point. I, I'm giving you a, you know a compliment. I'll take it. <laughs> I I love. I was one of the first shows I loved the 18. I I enjoyed it as a kid. I did. So you saw the re- or you saw the repeats, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, because I mean it was on in the mid 80s. 
No I one ever born, dies. I was alive in the mid-80s. <laughs> They've got all those guns and nobody ever dies. I love that. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> was that Bogart doing no, it? Or, and I, mean, I, was trying to pretend that, I was trying to pretend I had a cigar in my mouth. But yeah. I, you know, I didn't have a cigar in my mouth. Mr. T was tough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. B.A. Baracus. So my point is that do we really know how good the Wongs are compared we might think they're still the best and i think they are but do we know if they're still positive ev at minus 20 no with the current but if someone says something contrary to that it's like everyone is you know what it's like everyone is a teenage girl in this industry that has a stuffed bra and they're all worried that someone's going to know they have a stuffed bra so if someone else seems to have a stuffed bra they point at him and say her her that's what, oh, he said T's through zero. Him, he's square, he's square. I'm not square, he's square. That's all it is. You got to be careful when you put a sock in your pants. You, you got to make it be very discreet about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, there's an audible laugh yeah, there. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're laughing at him. Uh, RJ, RJ gives me a compliment. I always go one comment to me. <laughs> that was good. But but isn't it interesting? He's he's now going to the restroom. Yeah. So he doesn't have to answer this question because I think he falls into that category. Yes. But do you get a sense of that? Yeah, and I was going to, I mean, he left at the wrong time. Well, he'll be right back. Okay, but he, uh, I I was on YouTube, and a clip of him on another podcast Mm -hmm. came up, and one of the guys on the podcast with him said, I'm going to do a 10-point teaser. Mm -hmm. And Fez didn't say anything. Well, that's not, that's not, I mean, when you're a guest somewhere, and again, we love Fez being guests wherever he can because it promotes what we're doing. Sure. But, um... It's not his job. Unless he's very comfortable on that show, what's he going to say? You're an idiot? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't and know. I'm, I'm questioning how idiotic it is, meaning there's people that are serious people that think that the, the people talking like Fez are wrong about it. I'm, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like you say, or Fez says, only Wong teasers are the right way to go, but he's, he thinks there's other people who are doing that, and he's, Fez isn't going to say anything about it. So what's your point, though? Is that there there are people... there are. More people who think, think like not, you, you think than think not, like Fez. No, the people that no, God, that's impossible. First, <laughs> but it, this is what it is: you're grouping people on my side that aren't on my side. I'm in the rare. I mean, in this case, I'm in the smallest category. Someone that knows something about this that's saying maybe our assumptions about what is true aren't necessarily a hundred percent true. Okay, where the other people don't even know enough. That, that says, yeah, tease it through, whatever. They don't even know enough to know why it's wrong to do, okay. like, in theory. So it's kind of like anything else. It's a circle, right? You go far enough one way, you go back the other way. Yeah. And you know what? I am too quick and I'm too inclined to want something to be wrong because I hate convention. I hate hegemony. I hate... Um, I hate the bully of crowds. Bullying crowds the worst. Like this idea that that if you say something a little bit wrong, all of a sudden you're going to be ostracized. This is barbaric, mm-hmm. right? And it and it doesn't in any way help. You might say, yeah, but racism is important enough that if someone has to be ostracized, that's the price we pay. Okay, I accept that. If you could get rid of racism doing that, go ahead. But still seems to be around. But it does more than that. It makes it where the people aren't talking. Yeah. Like if you say something that's a little off. And you're not talking now that they think it's a little off. How's it? How are you ever going to meet in the middle? How are you going to? How are you ever going to convince the other one? Right. So to me, that's what's happening here in sports betting. But it's all these people that are quasi sharp, half sharp, whatever you want to call it, that that want to mimic what the sharps have said. 
And it's like they don't understand why it's sharp or why it isn't sharp. So, Fez, we extended that to make sure you got a chance to answer the accusations. You should have heard what AJ said when you were gone. I, I paused and I and I I heard the first part of it about the 10 point. Oh, you were, yeah. you, were li- you were lingering in the hallway. <laughs> I was. I, I, I was. So so specifically, AJ was, I believe he on in an, in another world. I was talking and, and some of the other guests yeah. talked about a 10 point teaser and I didn't say anything. And that's not true. I addressed it and said, I've never actually done the math. And so I did first time. At, but why would, would it be your job to police everyone's picks? Well, someone had asked him about it. Oh, okay. And okay. so first, first time ever here and uh, at pregame, I've done calculations while urinating. Yes, I had one hand wow. on the calculator. Boy, I bet, I bet this is going to be cited in an interesting way. So three, if you have three 10.5-point NFL favorites, I estimated the probability they win at 83%. Does that sound about right? Okay, so we're, in this case, we're saying the T's would be from 10.5 to a minus a half. Yes, so I'm okay. just using one as like like anywhere from a 10.5 to a 12.5 point favor would be the sweet spot, I think, to, to well, go into these There's no need to speculate. We have it right here in front of us for next week. If I do the Buffalo Bills, who are minus 10.5, and, a half, I and like then this. I'll do the Kansas City Chiefs minus 10, and the Philadelphia Eagles minus 10.5. All right, so this whatever number you come up with, it'd be a little bit higher. So if, if we just did, I looked at the 10 point teaser. Is minus one twenty mm-hmm. for those three teams. If I were to just parlay the money lines on those three teams, it's minus one sixty one. That doesn't mean it's a, okay. So, so this is very interesting. So that so, so so let's go. So let's oh, take snap. this. So let's take this. <laughs> World Star, focus, people. I don't even know what they're saying. Warning: Here comes the math. Just because the money line says minus one sixty one and the teaser says minus one twenty doesn't make the teaser plus EV. I agree with. But that. it throws it's, the money line under the bus completely. Yeah, basically, yeah, I agree with that. So so if so if I impl- I, I really need to figure out what the implied. Probability of winning each game is now. Like I said, I think I'm getting the same point Scotty's getting to. By the way, so I use 0.83, okay, mm-hmm. for the probability of each team winning. So if I multiply, oh, so let's look. So the money line was exactly what the what was the single ten and a half point money line? Yeah, what was the bid and the ask? Okay, so if you want, for you want to do the money lines first on the games, we just want one one ten and a half pointer. We, okay, minus no 600 Eagles over the Giants. Okay, what's and the take back? Take back is plus 440. All right, so 160, so 80 cents, so it's going to be 540, right? I mean, I know there's debate on that even, right? So, How- so my po- it looks close to my 0.83. Okay. We're in the right neighborhood. So if I take 0.83, check my math because I did this while urinating. Okay. So I mentioned <laughs> 0.83 times 0.83 times 0.83, and I got 0.57 mm-hmm. uh, for that three-team parlay. Mm-hmm. So if, I, if, if I've got a 57% play that I can make minus 120, minus 120, is uh, that is a positive expectation as long as it's above 55%, and 57% is, that's a 4% ROI. So the 10-point teaser seems so, to be plus expectation. So this adds up to uh, the plus 540 no vig is 84.5%. So it's even higher than what I had. But I do think, and we've spoken about this, when we take the average mm-hmm. of the 600 and the 440, mm-hmm. I think just taking the average, I'd go a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. And if I went a little bit higher, it actually would get better. But doesn't this explain why this isn't as hard science in some cases as people think? Yeah. So people dismiss this 10-point teaser. And I've, I've, and I've often said, you know, I think most of them are bad. 
But I think these 10.5 to 12.5 point favorites, and frankly, there's a lot of NFL weeks. There isn't even three games that qualify. But I think that that probably does work in the sweetheart teaser. And, and do be careful, ties lose on these teasers. Typically, not at all books, but at many books. But it doesn't matter at a 10.5 point favorite. So here's the thing. If something is so obviously profitable that you can play it blind, then that's not going to last. And we're seeing that, quite frankly, even with the Wong stuff, right? And, but, and, but, and, okay. the, and, and these 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 ten point teasers aren't offered to very many books. Like in Vegas, I don't know of anyone. Do you know? I, I haven't seen it. But I, I click on Circa. They don't have them. They, you know, it's like all these places don't like so like Bookmaker doesn't have it. You know. So to me, what's more interesting is if there's a situation where because of the total, because of where the favorites located, not saying handicapping factors, because in truth, what you're doing when you play these teasers, you're buying points, right? Yeah. And. It, 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 why is that bet better than betting the other bet? Let's say you think the line. Let's say the line's ten and a half. You think it should be thirteen. The question isn't why tease it. The question is why not just lay the thirteen? There's got to be a reason. Lay the ten and a half. Oh, I'm sorry. Lay the ten and a half. The, the thank you is there's got to be a reason that buying those points is advantageous to you. Because if I take and it kind of is intuitively obvious. If I take that ten, if I take every minus ten and a half. Mm-hmm. It, it I lose, mm-hmm. okay? But if I play every minus 10 half and put them into one of these sweet artizers, I win. So it's, so so by nature my handicapping so you can think be the, worse shit. So you and, think the ten you think the ten point teaser three teamer at minus one twenty is 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 like a wong teaser. I do. Okay. So how many people it's talk? It's a Fesic teaser. How many people? Oh, yeah. How many people? No, first of all, as much as I support you, it's the idea that teaser. you could ever be. No, no, no. The idea you could ever be. Representative of the contrary point, you are. But let's agree, you don't like going against convention, even if you haven't studied it. You just believe, you're in the do, the dogma of sports. Betting. I'm going to disagree. I, okay. I follow convention, but I don't blindly follow it. And let's face it, I made my bones back in the '90s, completely disagreeing with all convention with what I was doing in w- Vegas. Now, were you disagreeing, or were you? And I'm not saying you weren't. Were you disagreeing, or were you approaching things differently, but not in a way that contradicted otherwise? You know, it, it's a good point. It's possible I was so uh, lacking in being well-read that I didn't even care. I, I thought everyone was an idiot, so I was like, <laughs> I didn't follow anyone but what, but my stuff. There's that one book that I don't even remember the title of. About two years ago, I mentioned it, and you go, oh, yeah, that's one I heard. Like, years later, you became aware of it, right, that somehow was talking about some of your concepts. Yes. It, which, yeah, which would be, at the time, would be more about you find the price by the market and then find rogue numbers, and you don't have to have, you don't have to Price discover the market's doing it for you, but there's enough variation in, in what's offered that you can be profitable. Yeah, and I think the first guy was I think you you've mentioned this book, Jack Moore, the blindfold method. Okay, I think that, you, that's and you, that's and the you one. Busted your bookie doing that back in high school. Well, no, right he never got he never got busted. He gave yeah. me a lot of money. Yes, <laughs> and he was a Pittsburgh bookie. I've been to Chicago. No, that's not that. Yeah, I'll lay six with LaSalle. <laughs> Name a player. <laughs> Jesus, God. Name a player. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know their nickname. All right. So let's. We've done, we've done a lot of discussion here. Let's go through a little more rapid fire of the games now. AJ, I'll let you run them down. I wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, Cleveland, Chicago. Why, why you thought that Chicago. Oh, so was Fez, the give, team. Us, give us your breakdown on that one, and then we'll, I'll delve in. Cleveland actually dominated the stats. They were uh, 150 more 
yards. Uh, yeah, YPP, they won by 2.2. Flacco was terrible, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made he some big three, plays. Did he have three interceptions? Yeah, bad interceptions. So basically, Cleveland should have blown out Chicago, but Flacco sucked. Whoa, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. They should have won by 10. No, no, but what I'm saying is... When someone throws interceptions, that's part of the. I mean, that's part of the handicap. Right? You got a forty-year-old right. quarterback. The Cleveland team is awesome. Their quarterback stinks, but yet somehow well, that been the great, case all year. But he played great in the fourth quarter. No, Flacco was playing great, and I said it. Yeah, I would make the case Flacco's played well, and I would say you add up the three or four games he's played well. We, we talked about last week, and I said I don't N- buy that. And we it, back to this is Fez being contrarian. I was like, I don't care. Flacco's a walking corpse, and he's thirty-nine, and he sucked, and he was like been a backup from thirty-six to thirty-nine. For a reason. No, I, by the way, don't get uh, the thought that I don't think you're ever contrarian. I think that you just don't buck line moves or convention. I, I, I believe strongly <laughs> that not semi-efficient, but the very efficient marketplace on the NBA and NFL sides at close. I think that's fair. I, I would say though, this belief, like like the guy who's um, that Vegas Chris, as he's known by, who believes. Um, a, a lot of teasers are profitable. I think we don't fully understand. I, I don't think I yet fully understand the whole 360 of his portfolio approach to it. But I'm fascinated by it. And, and I have I have told him that I feel that he's been so good at picking winners yeah. that like no matter what he does, I, I'm saying you're not winning because you're teasing. You're winning because you're picking more winners. But you've never sharpened the pencil to even try to figure it that, out. That, well, I just did while I was <laughs> while I was peeing. Well, you did with one ten point team. <laughs> so you know, to me, this would be boring if it was all robotic. And yes. I probably am more inclined to buck things buck things than most and I probably suffer for that I was thinking about it I really liked the more I thought about it I liked Buffalo this week but I wanted to like Dallas so bad mm-hmm. because I just hate that everyone is mimicking oh it's a, the spot they're motivated it's like it can't, it's not that I don't think but it's like I so want to buck it because if I even break even on those bets I'm happy mm-hmm. like when I bet the, all the overs when we were doing our season wins I just don't want it to be as sick because I could have been a lawyer if I wanted to do something like that right so don't Steve don't make this business like a lawyer <laughs> I, I don't want to be a strip lawyer. <laughs> oh, forget that. All right, next game. Uh, Pittsburgh Indy. Indy 30, Pittsburgh 13, the final. <sighs> Pittsburgh's not good. I, I'm hearing serious. is done. They're going to uh, Rudolph this week. Although I, Kenny Pickett may be available this week is what I read. See, I saw today he wasn't going to be, but who knows? It was one report, different report. You know what I saw in that game that was really tr- troubling? Troubling to who? The Pittsburgh fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed up in drones with the terrible towers. towels, took a double-digit lead, and then just got crushed even with a lot of support in Indy. They have support wherever they go. They do. They travel well. Um, the thing that's blown my mind is the Tomlin questions. Like John Middlecoff, a person I think is pretty reasonable, and I listen to his show, he's saying he thinks that Pittsburgh would make a major mistake if they don't fire Mike Tomlin. What? And it's like the whole point, here's the point of having consistency. It's easy to sit and go, the Steelers have had three coaches since 1969 and make it all like, oh, isn't that amazing? But you know what? That means you have some down years that you have faith in that coach during those down years. Remember, Bill Cowher didn't win a Super Bowl until the very end. How did they draft Big Ben? They had a bad year. They had Mike Tomzak as the quarterback. So if they would have fired Bill Cowher, who knows what would have happened? Were they won Super Bowl 40? 
we didn't fire Chuck No for a long time. Chuck No that was well, offensive pass interference. He pushed uh, it, off. Are we talking about Super Bowl thirty? Which whichever one <laughs> they beat Seattle. <laughs> Oh, no. I was talking about when the Cowboys <laughs> and Michael Irvin did uh, that against the Steelers in Super Bowl 30. I thought, wow, how did Steve know about that? That's been in my craw for a while, I'll be <laughs> honest. But but um, I thought that Seattle Super Bowl was well officiated myself. Um, what's funny about Nothing. that? Nothing. You just told me to laugh when you make jokes. No, laugh when you think it's funny. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. There we go. Um, so anyway, I guess my point being the fact this is even a discussion – Blows my mind. Does anyone think this is reasonable? No. 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 All right. Good. And again, middle call, I wonder where that... You should hire an analytics dude to tell him what to do, though. Not a gal? Not a gal. <laughs> Absolutely not. Just they're not good at the hard math? Is that your thinking? When, when a woman becomes a top 10 rated chess player, I will reconsider. So what would you rather have if you only had two choices? An Asian woman or a... Non-Asian man. I would rather have the most qualified candidate <laughs> for the position. <laughs> we know that's not, no. I'm joking. All right, what's the next? Uh, one? Detroit 42, Denver 17. Detroit at home. Yeah. Indoors. I tell you that Steve's pick there was one of the ones that I was impressed by. It was the right spot. I mean, it because to me the issue is rag now. So if you look at the on-off splits, lineman for Detroit, hmm. it is literally when he takes a snap and you add up all those plays, they're like the fourth best offense in the NFL. When, when he's not on the field, they're like 24. Detroit and Ragnow go hand-in-hand hand on offense. I think there's still defensive issues, but I think the offense is right, right at the ship with him. And obviously, golf being at home or not. It or was in the just, you, you, yeah, I think we all, when we talked it out, we're like, the spot was great. And the defense bad, but Broncos offense also not very good. Wednesday bad. Wednesday bad. Uh, Dolphins 30, Jets egg. All right, Scott, we'll let you talk on this one. Well, Zach Wilson got a concussion. <laughs> So I guess that's the best thing that could have happened to oh. that team. <laughs> Trevor Simeon had to play. Well, I thought and, we agreed that Wilson was an upgrade. Yeah. Um, about that. About that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. We just did, had his best game, and then he no. got a concussion. <laughs> so did Tommy DeVito. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be medically cleared, and the Jets have to decide on Wednesday whether or not to, to open his practice window or else he's out for the rest of the season. It would be criminal to let Aaron Rodgers play. For this Jets team. Why? Because if he's not safe on this team right now. So if the if the because the line's so bad. Because the line's so bad, because the players are so bad, because there's nothing to play for, the season's over. It the Jets could very quickly look like the LA Chargers did last week. A team that well, quit and the season's over I and they're trying to get their coach fired. I agree. Well, see, isn't Salah like liked by the players? Yeah. But I can see – I think that there's change coming. Here's here's my point with the Jets. Well, one, the Aaron Rodgers thing, everyone hates Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. at this point. And I think if he's able to come back, it would be a, something to, to celebrate. I'm not saying he w- I wouldn't be a little worried that he might get hurt again because I don't really like him, but like, you don't want someone to like blow a second Achilles, right, or whatever. But wouldn't it be the most amazing thing? I mean, he said this was his goal. Everyone 
laughed at him, said, oh, just getting attention, Aaron. Mm -hmm. And if he could play, don't you think that would be an amazing, that would be the way the movie ends. It might be the most impressive thing he ever did, including the Super Bowl. And if it makes the Jets go from a potential five so or you six to... draft pick to the 12 or 13th draft pick, then it's a fireball offense. Well, I, I don't, I, I, I'm still waiting for someone to show me the NFL team that tanks, that wins, a, even wins a Super Bowl. Teams don't tank, organizations don't put their players in the best position to succeed. But well, you're just, okay. So play, players don't tank. So players go out and play are hard. Are you worried about Aaron Rodgers? Health, or are you worried he's going to be too Both. good? Both. Or you think he might be too good? No, I'm worried about his health, and I'm worried about the Jets winning a game. Which would be him being too good. Yes. That is... Because if he gets hurt and he has to miss time next year, this whole thing is is screwed. Well, apparently he's able to recover in like 15 weeks. I guess so, but I don't know what, what do you think, science is on you're, a second I mean, injury. You're still nursing a knee injury from two years ago. I, I think it would be crazy to play him. Why? Because you, you, your hope is that he's going to give you a chance next year. Mm -hmm. This year, gets you you get nothing from mm -hmm. him playing. Except well. winning games. Who cares? What does well, that get you? Wins? What's the, what does any of this how, get what, you? How is that what currency is you can spend? Game? Well, people, the more teams win, or well, the coaches don't get fired when they win games. Players tend to get better contracts. Fans are happier. It's, it, it, they only have one more home game. It's against the Commanders this week. Winnable game. So if Aaron Rodgers is not playing this week, there's no reason for him to play. Two games on the road. You're not selling tickets. You're not doing anything. If it takes away any possibility that you could – do you do you believe the Jets could be a Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers? No. Okay. Then it doesn't matter then. With that O-line, when's an O-line like that ever won a Super Bowl? Right? I mean, it, it certainly got worse. It seems like it's worse yeah. than it was. Well, yeah, it was, they lost they – lost Three guys injured. Two guys injured. One point nine yards per play. I don't think I've ever seen that. When was the last? This time most recent game. Yeah, below two. <laughs> well, I think. Well, maybe not. But remember, the Patriots and the Jets last year. It was inches per play. Oh, that's but, true. But it was only after like a certain point in the game. Yeah. The whole game. I mean, I got to be honest. I can't believe that one person here doesn't think. So I'm like the biggest sports. Like I'm like the true blue American here that thinks winning. Like, let me ask you a question. Have you? When you were playing the um, – uh, you still do play softball, right? You went to yep. the, the championships of the world or whatever, and it was where? In Florida? Mm -hmm. And how many teams were there? In our division, 56. And you had a, a heck of a run, your team, and you got to the final four or eight or what? Fifth. The fifth, okay. Mm -hmm. If you would have won that, yeah, it would have been like one of the – probably one of the five best things of your life. Yeah, one of the top five athletic achievements. No, 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 no. It would have been one of the five best things of your life, right? Like, what would yeah. you like? Yeah, I put, yeah, I put and up. Yeah, and let's be candid. I haven't been married and then haven't that, had that's, kids. That's so, yeah. the point. The night, those two are perspective. Yeah. You don't even know. Yeah. But you're saying, I assume that's pretty good. But <laughs> I know this was like, yeah, okay. How much bigger is a Jets game than that? Much. A Jets game? Yeah, huge. Yeah. So why is what? it? Why, why it is? You don't think a Jets game is more important than a softball game? To Scott? No, to no to, to, a, to, to an NFL an player. Objective outsider. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, not even an NFL yeah. player, but an objective outsider. If you said if you could have one achievement or this achievement, what would you have? So why shouldn't these? Because there's a lot of players on that team that might this be their only year mm, yeah. they're ever going to be up there. Because to point. me, as an organization, the 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 reward that you could have next year is great enough that there's no point in risking 
three games this year for that. You know what? Also, I, I now that I think about it, almost all the players on the Jets, you know, played for Wisconsin or LSU or some winning college program. Yeah. I think the I think those co- those successful collegiate years are more important than winning a meaningless pro game. Well, those maybe are, I'm wrong. Those are also games more important than the softball game. Yeah. Right. So my point being that I think it's all I I mean, I probably ask you more questions about that softball tournament mm-hmm. than I have anything because I truly respect. I don't care what category you're in, meaning you're you're in a good category. But what I'm saying is if you're amongst the best in the world at something, even if it's some narrow 30 to 35 or whatever, but it, it, I think it's something to exalt. What's the point of doing like what's the look, look at your son who is aspiring to be AJ, a college baseball player. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? Odds are he's never going to have any – odds are he could, but odds are he won't ever have an athletic accomplishment that rivals being an NFL player. Agreed. But you have spent how many, how many hours of your life cultivating, not against his will, but assisting him, uh, supporting him. Countless. So why, why do we sit back and say, well, let's play the chess game, but if they went to the Astrodome, your son, to play – and they were chanting, let them play. Would you say no? I'm referencing Bad News Bears 2s right now. Is But like there is a sense that, that your boy, I mean, what, what's the most likely best athletic achievement for him? Winning a state title? Um, winning a conference title in college? You know, you know like think about that. Yeah. Imagine if they went there and they said, you know what, we're going to cancel this because uh, – the Jets need to practice on the field, and if they have one less practice, they're not going to be as good next year, and that's what matters. None of these other games matter. I mean, I don't get it. It's like, do, you, do you think that it's silly for these players to sit out their bowl games so they can I, get ready for the NFL draft? I, I think it, it makes me not want to ever look at a bowl game, not even glance at it. I'm not saying the players are wrong because the other side made it such a business. To every, you know, It's like that great line from North Dallas, it's 40. Every time I say it's a business, you say it's a game. And every time I say it's a, a game, you say it's a business. I think that the owners are hypocrites, and, and everyone's hypocritical when money's involved, it seems like. But it's a, I, I kind of liked, like, what do you think? Do you like Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier fighting and thrilling Manila? Do you, sure. Do you like, but what I'm saying is, would you... Do you think it's wrong that there's no way that fight would have continued or that would have happened? Because, I mean, they both were debilitated by that fight. That was the fight they say that. But it was one of the greatest sporting events of all time. I'm not supposed to ask Ali to do that, but I liked that it was happening. Yeah. Right? And I wish they had a way for kids that were NFL ready. If they were smart, they would say this. We're getting together such a big insurance policy on these on the players that that qualify that you playing the bowl game if you get hurt you're going to make as much money as you would have made in the pros and all of a sudden now i think the players start playing but but the college guys don't want to put up that money right, right. so but for like you you mentioned my son like for me like if if they had a a state championship game he's getting ready to pitch and he says my elbow doesn't feel right yeah. I would just say, don't pitch. But that's different. The natural order of things is don't pitch when you're injured, right? The natural order of things is to play when you're healthy. What if, right? your, son, what if your son had no chance? To, he knew he was never going to play in in college, all right? I, I still, I, I mean, I don't want him to question, have an elbow surgery. Well, that's the Then the question, but but I think the question then would be, what would the damage be? Would it be you can never throw again? It's like, well, what, what's the difference? I'm not going to versus is his arm going to hurt the rest of his life? Right, right. You know, right. I mean, probably. But 
I, but but do you see my point? It's natural to play. It's mm-hmm. not natural not to play. So if you're injured, though, you, it's natural not to play. But these players aren't injured. They're doing it for money, right? They're saying, I don't want to risk. Oh, I was going back to Aaron Rodgers. All right, let's go to Aaron Rodgers then. So what? So in this case, how? where's the analogy? Like Aaron Rodgers is not. He's not injured. If he okay. gets clear. No, if he's not able to play and he plays for some stupid, I'd be absurd. But let's assume the doctors say he's cleared to play. He. Scott's saying he doesn't want him playing because he might help him win. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I don't, did, I don't have an opinion seem, on that. Oh, I got him turned on. Scott <laughs> did not seem concerned about his injury risk yeah. as much as yeah, the all, I'm more, I, I was more two, concerned there's about there's for next year. One is yeah. it could ruin for next year, but then RJ said he heals in three months, so if he does get hurt, he's going to be healed. <laughs> and then I said, well, then if he plays well and they win, it ruins their draft picks. But let's think about this. Whose winners has – if you ever see the Steelers, let's, let's say it's what, the last 25-year Patriots, Ravens, Steelers, Packers, that's the top winners, right? When have you seen any Packers? Of them t- well, I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, they won a lot of games. Yeah. They weren't like well, super- 11 games three years in a row. Yeah. No, no. So if, you, if you just stack yeah. rank the list, yeah. it's going to be that list. When have you seen one of those teams tank? One. No, th- they don't. Well, they never because they never had a low draft pick. Because, <laughs> because they don't accept it. But, RJ, you have to understand where I'm coming from. All right. The, the Jets won a game at the end of a season that made them draft Zach Wilson instead of Trevor Lawrence. I tell so you, that's different. Watching that, Trevor that, Lawrence at this point, I'm not sure it's much it, different. It doesn't, that, but, that, it, that, but, that, but still. That, that's different. If you're if you're a team with one with two wins and you're trying to get the worst record, lose, baby. Just, just but evaluate but the Jets talent. NFL players don't do that, oh, Great, though. but evaluate talent. You put the punter in, see what he can do behind center. <laughs> but, I mean, but the, but the bottom line is, yeah, run a fake punt and fourth and 12 and run the ball. But the... The the point is, who cares if you finish twelfth or sixteenth or eighth? It's it, I mean, it's such a no. Minute. Right now they're sixth, so they could if they if they lose the rest of their games, there's a chance it could be five. And I'm not saying that they're going to go and get a quarterback because you got Aaron Rodgers, but you could get one of the five Here, six best players in this draft. Now you get the eighth best. Player. Here's my thought on it: like if you let's say you've got a uh, you've got a Ferrari or a McLaren, some some crazy car that's mm-hmm. it, uh, you talk to Steve. About okay, Fez. <laughs> like let's say you've got your Ferrari. You're gonna take it out for a drive. If you sh- if that morning you wake up and they say, "Up, oh, there's a ten percent chance of hail," are you still taking that car out for the drive? No. It matters how many days you have to drive it, right? <laughs> to some de- meaning, if you have a finite number of days, which we all do, but of course. I, I, I we walked past a Ferrari today, and I told Johnny, "Johnny, be careful with your bag. Put it on your right shoulder. Don't <laughs> hit the Ferrari with it." But I'm just saying, if there's even like a five or ten percent chance that Aaron Rodgers could injure himself, every game has an injury I actually, chance. I actually think it's a good analogy, and, and there's certainly hail. But, hail but is we certainly got, possible with that O line. But what we got to do is say, but what? How many? How many drives does Aaron Rodgers have left in his career? Thirty-four at the most, plus these. But you just said you said yourself. Look at that O line. Mm-hmm. Why would you put a guy who's just recovered enough to get on the field? I from like. Achilles I like surgery? the analogy. It's no. the perfect storm with like the maximum chance of injury if he plays this Sunday. I I, I think that's probably maximum chance. That's probably fair. But the question is. What scenario don't you sit someone under that mentality? Meaning, right now, should um, let's think about this. Should who should be playing for the Titans? Who should be playing? Like any team that's eliminated now, should we just accept none of them are going to play? Like the, none of the good players should play because they all want the good draft choice. Isn't this like PEDs? If everyone cheats or no one cheats, it's going to wa- equal out in the wash. So don't we want everyone playing? I think if you have a high-priced player 
Every, who, all right. who ha, I mean, like to Aaron Rodgers' extreme of so, a high price. So would player. you say this that you're? It's rare for you to take the side of sit the guy because it seems like you're very calculating. You about could play it. Adam Thielen. I mean, he's fine to put out there with it. Yeah, he's not the he's not he doesn't. So you won't answer my question. Where are you on the spectrum of sports radio talk show guys when it comes to they should play hard? Those college kids should play. You know, there's the old timers. Right. And then there's the guys that are like feds that are all math and all money. Where do you fall on that? I, I probably fall closer to the Fez side of it. Okay, that's what I thought. So really, you're being disingenuous by saying Aaron Rodgers is the perfect storm. You're saying Aaron Rodgers and 10 other people you wouldn't want to play. Like As you go down the line towards like each one has a better or less and less case. Right? You would go further down that line. I'm saying Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't say don't play. Roger, here's the question. If, if Herbert didn't have surgery, mm-hmm. would you want him playing next week? Oh, for sure. Well, no. Here's the thing. They're eliminated. If he's got an injury, if he's got an injury, he's got an injury that can get worse because, like, you could. Then I say no because I wouldn't want him playing in any case, even for the Super. Now I would be one that says it comes Super Bowl time and they say shoot me up, dog. I don't like that. I'll would be honest. I, I'm, I'm the opposite of that because <laughs> so like when Max Scherzer came back. Yeah. Uh, for, for the Rangers at the end of the year, after you know his elbow was messed up and he was like, "I'm going to pitch in the World Series." I was like, "That's ballsy," uh, but. I, I think if it were if the Rangers, you know, were were forty games under five hundred, and he could have come back the last week of the season, there would have been no need for him to go out there and test that elbow. Yeah. So the question becomes, what's the long term risk, et cetera, et cetera. I just know this: we were doing SOV on Fox, and it was in the middle of the. Uh, you were there, Steve. The Golden State series against Toronto, mm-hmm. and we were spending more. People were trying to, not not. Fox, but the conversation that day across media was more about is Steph going to re-up or not Steph, it was Clay. Is Clay going to re-up with Golden State? What's going to happen with KD? You know, and it's like we're in the middle of the finals and it's they're talking about next year and it shows me these are not sports fans. A lot of people in this business aren't really sports fans. They're fans of talking about controversial things and it's not it's like reality TV. They want to, yeah, yeah and, and to me, there's lines. a beauty in sport. I I find when I find like I got into tennis so heavy, like between 2002 and like 2009. Like when I, when Sampras and Agassi were rolling, and especially Agassi because he's a Vegas guy and I just liked him. Is I was watching ten, I I I would watch the U.S. Open for like 30 hours during that two weeks. And there were times that I was so invested in Agassi winning that it was like it was it was the most important thing that week for me. I might be doing some big deal, and it, I was more inv- to me. That's the beauty of sports. Few, what business deal does anyone ever pour onto the field and tumble over each other as they when they win? Yeah. But that's what you can get from sports as a fan. It seems like abstracting it to business so much it takes that away. It 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 really does. Sure, to me. it Look, has. If Aaron Rodgers plays. I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. I'm going to watch every single play. But every time he falls to the ground, I'm going to hold my breath. I agree. And I'm going to be nervous. And I'm going to say. That's good TV. Well, say, I hope he plays. Yeah. And, then, and then if he gets hurt again, I'm going to say, you know, same old Jeff. Do you think guys should, do you think NFL players, like when it, like the 49ers, do you think uh, you think Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy should play in week 18? Now that becomes a rest issue. So I think if you're... But they're going to get a bye week the next week. They're going to get a rest. Then I think they should for sure. But I think I would only play in the first half. Seems about right. Yeah. I mean, I think that at a certain point, 
the last game of the year, there is an element of, and I'm not saying that, here's what I know, and I bring this up once a year, easy. The Giants would have never won the Super Bowl in 08 08 if they didn't play the Patriots as hard in Week 17. Yeah, absolutely. And that, to me, was one of the best NFL games of the this century. Sent a message to the players and the organization. The, we are a winning organization, well, the Giants, Scott, not the Jets. I think it was more that they could play with them. It gave, yeah. it gave the players confidence. Yeah, yep. that they could play. And to me, Coughlin was that kind of guy, right? A lot of people would have said, we don't, we don't want to show our good plays. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Maybe it helps you win. Yeah, I don't think it does. But it still makes sports a lot less compelling, right? And isn't that the ultimate point? Yeah. And last thing for me on it. You guys kind of shrugged and said, but isn't it interesting that the biggest winners never do it? Like, don't we think there's some insidious part of this that we don't get because we're not athletes in the locker room? That 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 there's something to this. Uh, but I also think there's well-run organizations and there's poorly run organizations. Mm-hmm. And the, the Jets are not a well-run organization to the point where they're not going to be in that situation. Like the Steelers and the Ravens, I it's hard to imagine them in that situation. All, the Patriots now. I wouldn't blame them one bit if they didn't try but to that's win. Not, that's not what's happening. But the Patriots aren't winners right now. Oh, but they're, try, they're trying to win. That's when you want to win the most, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, now listen, if you're, I will say this. If you're a winning team and you get your player knocked out, like the one guy, like Peyton Manning, and then the Colts kind of tanked, you know what? How many Super Bowls would the Colts have won if they had been uh, seven and, and nine that year and Peyton Manning came back to them? That's a good question. Right? Yeah. They said, hey, we, we'll make the smart We'll move. wait it out. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get Andrew Luck. Well, that didn't turn out, no. did it? Case closed. Andrew Luck just won that case for me. <laughs> we, we spent a lot of time talking about the Jets so and he, the Jets-Dolphins game. Yeah, so here's what I want to do. I want to go one comment each on the rest of the games. Okay. So like, I, I've, got a, I've got a math equation that I'll, I'll ask on Wednesday. I'll save it for Wednesday. Tease us, though. What is it? I want to I make a wager on Ooh. the winner of the AFC East. And I want Fez to help me with some math to tell me if it's a good wager to make. So you want to wager against us, or you want to wager I, against the book? I, I, I can research the schedule. I okay. Okay. Well, then lay, lay it out. Okay. So I, I don't give us an estimate. Just write it down. I like the Bills to win the AFC East. Shocker. The, the Bills are currently two two games behind the Dolphins. The Bills have two very easy games left, and then the Dolphins. And the Dolphins have two very difficult games left. Than the Bills. Obviously, and we need another tie breaks, so we need to do research. Well, the Bills, if the Bills are to win this, they're going to beat the Dolphins both times, so they would win the tie break. So that's so the, what, the question is what would the odds be on what, what is the what's the probability? Win? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what I want. I would say just going right to, now, the Bills are plus 220, Dolphins minus 280. The game's in Buffalo. The game's in Miami, the last game. Okay, so that game's going to be so, – so the Bills are going to have a, 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 almost a 50% chance to win that. That's I agree, easy. I agree. And then, and then we got to say, what's the probability they can pick up a game? In- what's the probability the Dolphins lose a game and the Bills don't? Yeah. What I, I mean, I, I, I think if you go to 538, it might allow you to go that far ahead, but, but I'm not sure. It might not be that far. I worked far. it out. Okay. Yeah. It, it seems intuitive that Miami should be favored, but they're not a prohibitive favorite. And it seems like you got Buffalo pretty high, so you'll be assessing it the way that yeah. I think it aligned with him. So, Fez, now that we got those numbers, doesn't look like a good bet. It doesn't, because if we're betting plus 220, we got to have a 31% shot to break even. And Scott's numbers 
are nowhere what? close to 31%. Right? AKA the New York Times numbers. Well, I'll take credit. The failing New York Times? You're going to take credit for that? <laughs> I, it, well, it was... the 538 did fail. That's why they wrote it in. Um, it's a match made. And the actual, it... the actual odds you said were more like No, actually, to 40, that was ABC. Huh? 40%? Okay. It's 61% the Dolphins win the division, 39% Bills win the division. Right. Okay, so thirty nine percent. I, you know, so I, so I dropped the ball. Quick, you were too quick. Here, I was huh? too quick to talk about what I wanted to talk exactly. about. So if the Bills indeed do have a thirty nine percent shot, the plus two twenty is actually extremely attractive. Oh. There you go. Thank you. And I would assume you Sorry. probably are higher on the Bills than that that algorithm. Oops. Is. Uh, I mean, that feels right. I mean, given but given the schedule, I think the Bills. Feels right. You have no idea what it would have been. I mean, what I'm saying is the math. I'm saying even if it was one extra point. Let's say you had the bills a point higher than they do. Uh-huh. That, that that's that's but meaningful. these num- but these numbers look look the New York Times looks wrong to me because there's let's let's think about it. so there's well a- why don't we do this for the Wednesday taping you can contribute you can break the New it York down Times. I like that all right so continue I'm sorry Saints twenty four Giants six okay Faz this is a painful one for you so what was your thing I mean I know the market was one way it it was just. The, DeVito I blame sir I, I blame Circus Sports playing DeVito putting a four and a half right before I put my contest selections and I'm looking at Circus at four and a half and I can get six on this team and I'm like dang I got I gotta go ahead and do that who you should be blaming is the person that went into Circa and bet the Giants for them to move it down to well the even so they don't have to move it to four and a half if, if some guy just bet 50,000 whatever the limit was they could just move it to five and a half or five allow me to propose an alternative. They knew you were making your decision. They know you were watching, and they have someone else they want to win. No, they they want me to win. Did that? <laughs> no, they, they want that guy who didn't have the Titans to win. They told him, "Hey, Titans." They, they, I I I'm very confident that not only Circa but the ticket writers want me to win. What? Oh, what? You promised him some big tip or something? Dave, there's precedent out there. Yes. Oh, so Steve is saying, go look up some report in the RJ that I gave a nice tip back when I won. <laughs> oh, Lord. Maybe I changed that. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Continue. Panthers 9, Falcons 7. Arthur Smith should be fired. I mean, bad. they were. They, that's the worst run defense in the league. And B. John Robinson was a ghost. I, it's it's pretty crazy. You know, the it, irony is it's B. John Robinson that coughed the ball up that cost him the game. Yeah, oh. but they, he didn't. Play, it's there's got to be something going on behind the scenes, and I'm not locked in enough to like Falcons beat writers to know if there's something that's going on in practice. If there's something behind the scenes where this guy's in the doghouse, I don't understand how you invest such a high draft pick in a player that is has shown to be the most talented offensive player that you have, and you don't. Give him the football. So I'm torn on this. I want to ask all you guys this because Atlanta's up one. Here's the the end game. Uh-huh. So Carolina's has has a slight advantage at this time in the stats. Mm-hmm. But Atlanta's up one in the red zone with like five minutes, to, well, mm-hmm. like seven minutes to play. Bijan Robinson gets the ball. He fumbles, and then Carolina drives down the field, and wins the game. Do I give Carolina credit for winning the stats, or do I just say no? That's stupid. Atlanta had had this game totally under control until that fumble. I'm not sure. I don't feel like Atlanta ever had it. I mean, it was a 9-7 game. I don't think anybody ever had it totally in control. Mm-hmm. But Atlanta's about to go up either 4 or 8, and it feels like there's no way in hell Carolina's going to get to the end zone in this game. Right? Yeah. At that point. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I mean, this, the, I think the Falcons are just worse than everybody thought, and it, it goes back to – I've been saying this all year. When, when there's a bad team and they're on the road and they are minus 3 – that's or a more, great point. Those have gone just get away from those that. have gone 
It, belly up every time. It doesn't matter who the home team is. If you if there is a bad team on the road laying a field goal or more, throw that team out. Do not bet on that team. I agree with that. And no that matter, even if they're playing a, the worst team in the NFL, I'm telling you, they'll lose. It has been awesome for me this season. I agree with that. Whether uh, it was bad in this game and, and no one showed up and – Fez, you and I picking the under on the Dream Pot on this game might have been the best, the easiest play that we've ever gotten out of the I am Dream personally Pod. disappointed because if you go back to the archives, I predicted a 0-0 zero to zero tie, and yet 16 <laughs> points were scored in this Whose game. Whose total was easier, you guys under or my 49ers Cardinals over? The That's, Our pick yeah. was easier because <laughs> yeah. our pick won – like after the first quarter. It's like I, your pick basically well, did. You know, what, you know when I knew mine was over? When the Cardinals drove down in three minutes and scored a touchdown at the beginning of the game, I said, oh, yeah, this there game, there's going to be a million points in this game. There you go. Um, speaking of a million points, should we go Tampa Bay Green Bay? That's what I was going to say. One of, the, one of the more surprising finals, I guess, Tampa Bay 34, Green Bay 20. Uh, what what what'd you see about this one, Fez? This Green Bay defense just stinks. They're, mm-hmm. they're supposed to have a big advantage at home. They're playing a soft team. I guess they're not so soft, but they're playing a Florida team, and they get punked for 450 yards. Can't uh, People are blaming Jordan Love. Can't trust that defense at all. I mean, Green Bay, two weeks ago, remember they were on a three-game winning streak, and people were like, maybe Green Bay can win the division. And now they lose back-to-back games to the Giants and the Bucks, and now they're, they're, it feels like they're a dead team walking. Uh, their last game's at Panthers, at Vikings, home Bears, but – I've got no interest in backing the Packers. Looks like eight so, and nine to me. Listen, Baker Mayfield's on a one-year deal. Is he the Bucks quarterback next year? If they he's win played, the division, he's right now, according to the New York Times, sixty-seven percent to win to win the division. Yeah, when 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 you say Tampa Bay, like with the snarl, it's like what was the line in this game? It was three three and a half, right? Three and a half, I think. What was the, was yeah three, Green, Green yeah, Bay three yeah, and four and a half. close four went to money on the Packers right opposed. so there's yeah but what they're saying is this was a coin flip but home field and a smidge of edge what did you say that it was or more than a smidge a little bit Green Bay had won like fourteen out of the last fifteen against Tampa and Green Bay yeah, yeah. Tampa had one one game in the regular season mm-hmm. since. 1999 and they lost by a million it's, just, it's I don't know I just feel like Green Bay just has fallen on their face. No, I agree with that. I mean, think about how much money this is potentially costing Jordan Love. It wasn't that long ago, I mean, a couple weeks, that we were saying, is he the third or fourth draft choice if you were picking quarterbacks in the NFC? Yeah. Right? If you consider age and upside and all. Now, how much has that changed? I I think the defense is more to blame. I agree. It was the highest passer rating ever for an opponent at Lambeau. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, what a game for Baker Mayfield. And LaFleur doesn't do so well in December. (laughs) (laughs) I got a new trainer. What do you know? Uh, Rams 28, Commanders 20. Is it only two? I thought it was three. Well, no, they've lost two straight now. Two straight in December. Okay. Mm -hmm. Rams 28, Commanders 20. All right. So. I think the Rams are really good. Um, Go ahead. I, I think the Rams are like borderline Top ten team in the league, uh, Fez. Where do you have them? I, maybe I'm crazy, but the, like the, the, there are eight t- contending teams that can win the Super Bowl, and the Rams are ninth. Okay, I mean I, that Wait. doesn't sound wrong to me. See, that's interesting. If they got, I think that is flawed. What you're saying, you because, think they could because well, of the here's veteran the thing. leadership. I think that that if anything, they have. If you think about upside, if you think about the best case, you know, rolling sevens from here, and think about who who that helps the most. 
I think it helps the Rams right up there with anyone else because you got the Super Bowl pedigree mm-hmm. and isn't the concern health. If the Rams don't have another injury, I mean, how aren't they? Don't they have as good a chance as some of those teams at five and six? You're saying? Oh, very much. Yeah. So yeah. I think over the season they've been healthy at times, unhealthy or not. That's a good point. They've they, they have a much higher ceiling. You know, I. I got to ask everyone. My my take on this is just with the media. Why does the media always second guess the bad coach's decision? Why don't they second guess the owner? Yeah, I blame the owner. The owner's got to be able to like he owns the damn team. Meet with your damn coach and say because good owners don't in, uh, matter like that. If, and what I do you agree, think he knows about should, football? The, 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 he he should just. Well, what are the, what are any of these people talking about? Uh, <laughs> talking about when to go for it, no. About well, I think on. former players, former coaches, they're, probably they're not the, the ones. They're not the ones driving the, that conversation. It should never be the coach's decision. The coach has a thousand other things he's got to worry about. They, it's the analytics guy that should decide. No, every coach. I mean, that's absurd. So you're saying there's the got to be impo- feel. You're saying the most important decision, the most important decision, is going to be made by an analytics guy. What the analytics guy has to say is like, it's a close call. It's up to you, but the numbers say it's go for it. It's always going to be up to the coach. All right, but but the, what the analytics guy has to say, it's not a close call. It's a slam dunk. We got to go for two here. Thank you for your comment. And then and then, and then, and then if the coach wants to wants to kick the extra point, then it's on him for being a stupid ass. But I mean, he's got to, the analytics guy has to be flexible and say it's close enough. It's it's your call. But this is what the analytics say versus saying no, this isn't even close. You have to do this. You know what's funny? Call timeout. Call timeout now. Hurry. You know what's funny? is how wrong a lot of this analytics, uh, maybe not the purest, we don't even know. First off, there's no way right now to know what's right or wrong in these decisions, for sure. Meaning, you can say, our estimate is this, and since it's so far off, it might, it's within three standard deviations. Yeah, that's okay. well said. But fair enough. But what I'm saying is, when it comes to these guys that are critiquing other people's decisions, when they make other predictions, some of them are so wrong. That that like like this Justin Herbert thing. At what point is someone going to say you know something? The, all the these are film guys, not analytics guys as much. But they will sit and explain away Justin Herbert's mistakes till we're freaking blue. And some Trevor Lawrence had a horrible game. Would we agree? Oh yeah. They were saying the idea that 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 literally it was like you know the coach. I think the play callings at fault or the and it's like these people won't ever be wrong. Right, they will never be wrong, and thus I think that a guy like Tomlin, I think he's bad at game management. But you know who probably gets the second most complaints? Belichick. Right now, I was going to say Staley. Well, he's not a head coach in the NFL anymore. But if anything, Staley is getting complaints from the square or from the non-analytical people. Right, right. But who do the analytics people complain about the most, or one of the most, is Belichick? Sure. Do you really think Belichick doesn't know when to go for it? I mean, it's not even possible. He's not, he, he's not as good as he was two years ago. No, he slipped but, significantly. Oh, this, I'll, this I'll a, die on that uh, grave. Uh, what he sucks it, now compared to where he was. He made what, every decision I agreed with him like two, three, five, four years ago. And now think, all the time you think you've making, changed or he's changed? He's or changed. his team's changed? His, that's a good point. Maybe he knows his, he, he can't be aggressive because his team is like can't get a first down. So that's a good point. I mean, but that's something we – how do you – I guess you what I'm – program it in. <laughs> Well, then why don't they do it? Because it's not programmed in now. And that would take the skill. I'd be like as skillful as predicting who's going to win the game. Right? How good these teams. I don't know. But if they'd gone for two, what does it change the result? That's irrelevant. Okay. The Tennessee Titans would argue with me. Hey, 
that was a pretty smart fucking thing to do to go for two. And there's an and, and this is what absolutely drives me so crazy. So wh- wh- which one are we talking the about? The Titans now? were down 14 in Miami. Mm-hmm. They scored late in the game to go down eight. They correctly went for two. Obviously, when you're an under, underdog, it's even more of a slam dunk. They got it, went down six, won the game by one when they got a, a second touchdown. But what drives me absolutely— so They went for two the second time. The first time. they, they And went, the second time. The second no, time, they just kicked the They just had to kick a field goal. Okay, you said yeah. when they scored a touchdown, they won. I, I yeah, so yeah, they, when they won a touchdown, they tied, and they kicked the extra point okay. one by one. So what drives me crazy is there's actually announcers that will say— like, like, literally, they'll let the Tennessee kick the extra point. So you, you need to kick the extra point. And then when they score the second touchdown and they're down one, then the announcer will say, oh, I think they should go for two and go for the win. And it's like, how can you be so effing stupid if you were going to go for two on one of your, your touchdowns? Mm-hmm. A, a sharp fifth grader knows you go for two after the first touchdown, but not the announcers. Who was the first person to go for it? Or what year was? I don't even care who it was. Eagles, like, five years ago. Okay. So you watched football for how long before that? All my life, but but but, yeah. what, but I mean, with a vested interest, you weren't skipping since, dates on since, Sunday since 1990. Okay, why didn't you see that? I did, and so you were. I never heard you say that one oh, time. Oh, I've said that all the time. You, I could go. You back said and before find anyone, you were the one saying that when you're down 14, you should go, or, and then you score, you should go for two. Yes, just like just like when you're down four. I've, no, I've, no, I, we're getting thing. away from the general well, point. I'm, but I'm, the general point is, I'm, I'm giving an example that nobody does. Jackson was the first team in the history of football and, to and, do that. And I've never heard you say that either. I say it all the time. You just don't listen then. Well, I mean, we know that's not the case. Uh, I, uh, who, 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 I, when you misspeak one iota, I'll say, that's ask you to clarify. I'm listening closely. He's listening. I will try my best to go find a clip from like 10 years ago. But like I can tell you amongst my inner circle, like we always say, oh, here come the idiots kicking the extra point again down eight. Like we've known this. This for, was like 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So the whole, the whole league was idiotic. Yes. So right. here's an article from the start of the this season. Uh, it says between 2000 and 2017, there were only two instances in which a team was down 14, scored a touchdown, and then intentionally went for the two-point conversion. And one of those was in a snowstorm where the kicking was not good. Since the start of 2018, it's happened 24 times. That's before this season. So The question is how many times was it presented because – I would make the case a year ago it was 50-50 at most. I agree with that. And now, obviously, there's a, a gray area. If you score, like, early in the fourth quarter versus scoring with, like, in the Titans just score with two minutes to play or Jacksonville, the later in the game, the more slam dunk it is to go for the two. Now, this has been discussed at length, so we'll wrap it now, this topic, but to just explain why it makes sense. The theory is if you're going to have to know what – well, if you get it once, right, you get it the first time, then extra point wins it for you – if you get it, if you don't get it, a second two pointer can tie it for you. So there, in all those scenarios, it's equal or better than extra point, extra point, which can be missed also. Right. So just to simplify everything, assume extra, kicking is an automatic and a two pointer is 50 50. Right. And you're going to get two touchdowns. Okay. okay. I understand other things can happen, but that's really the, the sweet spot. So if I kick twice, I go to overtime, I win half the time 50%, mm-hmm. very clean, if two teams are equal. If I go for two after my first touchdown and I get it, I win because I can just kick well, the, If we assume, yeah. yeah and if anything, assuming, assuming the extra points automatic actually hurts the case for going for two. So that, that's an assumption that you're doing to simplify, but it actually makes it slightly yes. less. Because, yeah, okay. Yes. Um, okay, so I'm going to win half the time if I, if I make the two-point conversion after the first touchdown. But I don't lose because if I miss the first time I go, then there's still a path. So if I miss the two-point conversion, then I can go for two the second time and I get it. 
Then I go to overtime. I need to win in overtime. The chance of those three things happening is one-eighth. So my chance of a victory is one-half plus one-eighth, five-eighths, 62.5%. Okay. So that, that, that math is incontrovertible. And I do think there's nuances that can get involved. But if it's the purest form of what you're saying, I think that math makes a ton of sense, and it's hard to refute. The only exception would be I'm a 14. Well, let's not say the only. A key a exception. Key, that's much better said. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm, I'm a 14-point favorite. I'm just going to kick the extra point twice because, I'm, you know what, I'm going to win in overtime more than 62.5%. But the theory is you get the two more, too. Yeah, that's right. true. That's I mean, true. That's true. This is yes. all, But this is all— there's a range of reasonable outcomes or, or or assumptions, and oftentimes in this case, none of the reasonable ones venture into that you shouldn't go for two. Yes. Especially if somehow your kicker or your holder, I don't know if the holder or their long snapper was injured for Washington. So yeah. it literally was the, the scenario where you would go for two. Mm-hmm. It, it does show you the power of dogma, the power of convention. People don't want to buck it, Right. But the thing I'll say about Belichick is that Belichick was the first person, the first to make a fourth down decision that was like the whole world went crazy was against the Colts. Yes. And that was on his own side of the field. Yeah. With like, what was it, like a minute and a half left in the game or something? With three timeouts, I believe he had fourth and two fight from his 28. Yeah. And and, and they threw it. And I still remember the pass. And I remember that Colin was going nuts saying how wrong it was, and I did some back-of-the-napkin math for him, and it was like he didn't really believe it, but now we're at the point where that's a common decision, right? Yes. Or, so Belichick, if you listen to his press conferences, his intellectual capacity has not diminished. His, is his energy diminished where maybe he can't do every job as hard? Maybe, because, I mean, as you get older, that happens. But... He was on the cutting edge of it. Do you think maybe, Steve, that what's happened is you've gone along with the, the, the wave of this, meaning wherever you were with going for it, you're probably furthered. I'm not saying, again, I don't remember you ever saying that specific thing, but I think you've always been at the forefront of unconventional aggression. things and aggression. I think that's a good way to say it. But Belichick was at the forefront. Now it's far past where he was even then. And he's saying, I don't believe it's appropriate up there. Do you really think you're so sure that he's wrong and you're right? Or is it that you've changed? Because, again, I believe if you look at his decision-making, it's been very consistent. Mm, he's had a couple, and I'm sorry, I can't bring it up. I'm going to have to go in the box scores where he's just made this decision where, like, literally my friends, we blow up on our texts like, what the hell? Belichick would never do that two years ago. Like, like just making a mistake. But, but again, obviously there's been a, a vital ch- I mean, do you think he all of a sudden got, like, Infirmed and and so addled, he Maybe can't he think. Maybe he realizes it, or, offense sucks much worse than even an average team, and I'm unaware of how bad it really is. Well, it's bad. Yeah. So anyway, um, I I, I got to be candid. One thing that gives me peace is there are certain topics I can say someone else knows more than me, and I just am going to trust them. And it would seem like Belichick in football that would be what you know. Now I kind of get the following: if someone's on the pure cutting edge like Steichen or whatever, you could make the case that Belichick has an, his, all his long history doesn't really apply, and maybe him stopping that kind of offense is going to be problematic. Though it really isn't. You know, to draw an analogy to your point, so th- and this does happen like in blackjack games where a card counter will watch a complete fool madman winning like crazy, and I'll be like, that's the most idiotic 
bat blackjack player I've ever seen, and he's hole carding. He sees what the dealer has, so he knows that the dealer, like he'll double down, you know, with seven because he knows the dealer has fifteen. And it's like that guy doubles on seven, and the count's like minus one. He's a moron, you know, and not completely missing how much better that player is than him. And and you could say the same thing with like Tim Donahue and that scandal. And the idea is maybe someone was batting bad numbers because they wanted to get down so much. And you're like playing over one forty six, like at a book when everyone in the world is one forty five. Well, yeah, but that book takes his action for big, you know, big, and and think how how square it looks. Like there's no way that guy's going to win. And we don't know the details. Think of how few things we know. All the details too. That's yeah. So I love that Donaghy. Yeah. Exactly. But wouldn't that be great cover if you if you were fixing a game? Play the worst numbers in the world. Because then, of course, you don't know what you're doing. Who cares? Well, or Just back in the day, is all that matters. It was don't play at any regulated book because that's where you're going to get caught. Well, if you play into you know gray area books, it's going to be much harder. And if your and if your team, your college team, is throwing the game, probably don't wear their jersey to the sports book. Don't wear like an Arizona State yeah. jersey. So I don't want to bet against Jimmy Arizona. Vaccaro, baby. Yeah. Um, we got any games? That that's it. Well, we, we should quickly go over the Saturday games. We did. We went over all the Saturdays. We went over all the games. We did not hit we, the Thursday we game. We could mention the Thursday game. Oh. Raiders absolutely. Were you there, RJ? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you this. I was mad, mad, mad. I mean, what did we? I mean, what did we say? I say I think that the Chargers are have are more prone to laying Quitting. down than yep. any team I've seen in ten years. And somehow, how much the same game parlays would have hit winning? Steve's like can't go over nine and a half. Yeah, he was all. <laughs> I think Herbert was sending you like a personal message. I can't blame this one on me. That's why I, I tweeted this out. I thought you'd get a oh, kick okay. out of it. So it's a uh, guy. I said when when Herbert plays, the Chargers lose every game by two or three. When he doesn't play, they lose by a hundred. Clearly, the league MVP. <laughs> this was a Raider. Think how good these Raider teams have been. This was a Raider team record points. Yeah. What did we do wrong? Why didn't we get? We we, we decided on Aiden O'Connell not to throw a touchdown because we thought they'd run, 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 and they were. And throwing. we also thought they might bench him at some point. They were throwing. I never thought that in the fourth quarter, yeah. up forty. They didn't care. Well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, they were celebrating. They were freed up. Listen, I think we are maybe going one step too far in our analysis, meaning. I think sometimes you did it, say on your on your research that teams that get shut out. Go over and win. Well, that certainly was the case. Yeah, I know. I just feel like we left something on the bone. I think so. Yeah. So, you know what? This week, here's what I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit to doing some real work on this before we even get on air and really try to come with some good theses. Uh, Theses? Thesi? Do we have a Thursday game? Yeah, Rams Saints. Okay. That's a Thursday, yeah. Now, Last one of the year? uh, I believe so. so, um, No, there's a Thursday uh, on the 28th. Okay. So next Monday, uh, so six days from when you wake up Tuesday, is Christmas Day, as most of you know. So we won't be doing this pod Monday night. So we're just going to not skip it. Well, I guess skip it. Well, we're going to roll it into our normal Wednesday taping. We'll talk a little more retrospectively. And then so the the only real change, at least through up until the New Year's, and we'll talk about it then, is going to be... We do not have this pod that comes out typically Tuesday morning, and it will be especially a big episode. And maybe we'll split it up into two um, that releases overnight Wednesday. Does that sound good? Sounds good. And how about the call, like the bowl pod? What's going on? Uh, Scott and I record a new bowl pod Tuesday night, Uh tomorrow night. 
uh, and we'll do it every Tuesday up through the uh, national championship. Okay. Did you see what happened in the bowl game today, RJ? No. So pain. Western fam- Western Kentucky famed for the Bahamas Bowls. Many felt that that was the bad beat of all bad beats, where they're up thirty-four nothing and they didn't cover. Yep. Well, Western Kentucky was down zero to twenty-eight, as I like to say in this game, and they did win and cover. So um, this is a very usually bowls are more of the same. Mots, mm-hmm. not Western Kentucky teams apparently. I right? made a big mistake today. Oh, what's that? It's twenty-eight nothing. I tweeted. Old Dominion was free money today. <gasps> Gotta love it. Well, a, the reason well, that's, why that's not a good tweet. But at the all. reason why AJ says that is because he had played Old Dominion minus two mm-hmm. or two and a half, which was the line, uh, and then because the the expectation was that the uh, starting quarterback for Western Kentucky was not going to play. Once it gets announced, the starting quarterback's not going to play. Line shot up to what six? six. Old Dominion minus six. six. So AJ way ahead of the line move, mm-hmm. and so Old Dominion goes up twenty eight nothing when Western Kentucky has no pulse with the freshman quarterback. Lots they of are other starting. players out too. Lots of other players. Western Kentucky makes a QB switch in the middle of the game. Old Dominion decides to stop playing football. Western Kentucky <laughs> scores twenty one points in the fourth quarter to force overtime, and they win in overtime. I'm guessing they were very excited. <laughs> they were. <laughs> Maybe they How about sh- this? Maybe they shouldn't have played because their future career might have been hurt. Down 28-7. to seven, Their wide receiver, who's going to play in the NFL, uh-huh. doesn't come out of the locker room at halftime, pad it up. He's done. He doesn't play in the second Treat half. Yep. And they still win. Doesn't that make <laughs> – but they won because of that. I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying is is that's the kind of thing that, – that makes my point very strongly. The- Looks on the Old Dominion players were ex- excessive disappointment as they're walking off the field, but their facial expressions paled compared to what A.J. Hoffman's reaction was to the game. It was painful. But that was you thinking in that same mentality of uh, maybe this guy won't. He came out and didn't even have his pads on? He played the first quarter, caught four catches, and didn't play the rest of the game. R.J., the, it, there was why five seconds left in the game. Fourth and goal from the fifteen. And they convert it. They score the touchdown to send it to overtime. Do you believe in miracles? I'm happy about that. Oh, thanks. I am. I, I think teams fighting back, that goes against all the bullshit. I don't – why do sports if you don't love it? How excited were those kids? I mean, they were they were excited enough to rush the field, certainly. Isn't it, You should feel that joy, don't you think? No, no I, I lost money on it. <laughs> <sighs> It's the age-old question. Um, I think we're good, Fez, huh? So your biggest regret was the Giants? Oh, it's- yes. But, you know, with the leader going 5-0, and oh, I'd like to say, oh, that's the game that's going to cost me a million. I don't know if it's going to matter now. He could now. go 0-5 next week. He could. I mean, easy. So how did the second – what is that? I don't know. It was my Siri. How is second – how does – Maybe I went and it thought it was serious. How does second and th- how did second and third do that? One's tied with you. Uh, I'm a game out of second and half game out of third, so I'm not really sure how it's stacked up. So Pretty much three ahead of you now, and you're in fourth, but a game and a half back from the leader, or two I'm, and a half I'm back. Three games beyond the leader, one game behind the guy in second. Okay. Well, listen, get to second, and then you can worry exactly. about it from there. Do you want me to profile the leader? I, I've already I'm doing it. I don't think you would do it as well as me. Mm. That'd, yes. be, it, that'd be interesting. Let me profile, you profile, and let's see how yes. different it is. Sounds good. Talk to you soon.